Uh, well, hell, Charles, how are you? <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> You're rolling, aren't you? I've been rolling this okay. whole time, baby. <laughs> Uh, no. Hello, Charles. I'm the one who's supposed to do goofy fucking voices. Oh, you're voices right. Well, yeah, I just do bad impressions. That's all. That's okay. all that I do. Well, that's here. that's the that's the funny voice in the intro for this one. <laughs> I don't have one queued up. I've used like the hello probably four times now. Yeah, it's, it's, it works, man. Have you seen your wife? It, it's clearly working. The the humor is killing. <laughs> yeah. uh, the voice that you're listening to uh, next to me, which you can totally tell by listening through your speakers or headphones, is uh, Charles Wad. And that would make me Ben Quam, I believe. I think that's correct. And this is Libations for Everyone. Thank you for tuning in again. I uh, would love to just remind everybody, if you're digging the show, uh, I love getting texts and messages and social media stuff. But would really love if you guys would leave a, a review. Uh, it helps us get out to more people. It helped us get to number 61 in Australia. Yeah, number 61 for food in Australia. How the fuck did that happen? I love everything about that. <laughs> and to our, to our fierce, so strong, loyal crowd in Australia, uh, we, we appreciate you. And yeah, thanks for listening. We're working on a world tour. We're going to do it. Yeah, we're going to write off a trip to Australia. Yeah, it's business. <laughs> it's fine. I wish this happened six months ago when they had no COVID and we're like, hey, man, it's a work visa, you know? Yeah, that would be, that would be <laughs> oh, God. To get to go to Australia to just bullshit bar stories would be absolutely phenomenal and weirdly fitting for my life. I feel like that's not going to be a surprise to some Let's people. Make it happen. <laughs> uh, well, first we should talk about what we're drinking because it is a reference to a past guest and to a future guest. Uh, we have the Tattersall Justin Sutherland Signature Whiskey, and I'm really, really looking forward to tearing into this and having some fun. Uh, we had some with Justin when he was on. That is correct. And he was kind enough to uh, donate a bottle to us because he's just the fucking best. Is this our second repeat booze other than Malort? I do believe so. All right. Still proud that Malort was first. Yeah. <laughs> Malort's made an appearance like four times. Yeah. And everybody, <laughs> various forms. everybody thinks it's going to be sarcastic and they don't understand nope. that we both fucking love mm-hmm. it. <laughs> It's bitter aquavit. Yeah. Uh, but even better <laughs> than the whiskey are the two lovely humans sitting across from us at this table. Uh, ladies, please introduce yourselves and tell the world how they can find you and know you. Welcome to Opera Pod Happy Hour, a podcast in which I, Tina, a real live opera singer, tells me, Amanda, a real live human, about the plot of an opera, and then we swiftly and mercilessly ruin it for everyone. Holy shit, that was just off the dome. You guys just did that <laughs> improv. <laughs> well, tell. we just got done with our 35. As you say, 30 recording thirty fourth episode okay. last night. So we've done that a handful of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a fun show. Uh, I highly recommend the show to everybody. Not just because you were kind enough to let me be on it, but it's been really fun continuing to listen uh, as it's gone on. Uh, I love anything that takes something that can be considered niche by a lot of people and really makes it open and fun to mess around with. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's theater and music. Like, how do you yeah. not want to just have fun with that? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I feel like this, I mean this in the highest form of compliment, but it really does make it accessible for idiots like me who don't have a background at all in opera, but love music. That is a compliment. That's, that's kind of what we set out to do. That was always the goal. Yeah. Also, like, as somebody who does this as a career, opera kind of sucks. Like, the stories <laughs> are racist and misogynistic, yeah. and I am so sick of pretending that they're not. So it's really fun to just, like, every week poke holes at what it is that I take seriously in my everyday life. Yeah, we really like to shit on opera. It's a lot of <laughs> so can you explain to our listeners the sort of the synopsis of what it is that you do on your podcast in terms of opera plots? Yeah. 
yeah, you should you should do that. Yeah. Too. So <laughs> each week we have an opera that is chosen at random. Amanda okay. has no idea what it's going to be. It's <laughs> chosen at ball, random. Like I have lottery this, balls. I have this big old book <laughs> called the Cobus Book of Opera, edited by like the sixth Earl of Harewood or Holy something. Shit. Oh my God! Please let it be leather bound. I want it to be I've leather bound so bad. I've actually seen this. It's occurring to me right now that I've never seen this monstrosity. <laughs> this is the on Necronomicon. Screen. Are you sure this isn't fictional? <laughs> I'm not. I am not sure. <laughs> it's a real podcast. I assure you in a real book and it smells it's like it was gifted to me by my college voice teacher it's super dusty it just like has that old book smell it's not leather bound unfortunately but it's stuffy enough that it could be leather bound but yeah we literally just open it up at random and amanda has to research the composer she has an entire minute (laughs) just to summarize their life and then from there, I break down the opera plot. She's kind of like the audience surrogate because mm-hmm. she has no idea what it is. And we just poke holes in everything that happens. I, I love that you fail almost every time in trying to do the one-minute synopsis. It's so, like I cheer for it when I'm in my car. I'm like, oh, she's not even going to come close. Like how, how on earth me cheering for that makes it happen doesn't no, happen. it doesn't. But it God, doesn't it's help. so great. It's, uh, it's so awesome. I really try. The last couple... I did pretty good. I feel like episodes like 30, Wait, 31. Are, do you remember last night? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I didn't. Okay, so the last couple before last night. Last night was a shit show, and I'm mad about it. I had so much good shit to say. All in good fun. There's, in retrospect, there's always good shit to say. Yeah, but they were like really good jokes with like timing built in, and it just, you know, it just goes to shit when I can't do it in under a minute. It's really sad. It's really, really fucking tragic. Started it off on a bad note for me. Well, we are the opposite here. We, uh, we used to try and have a timer going, and Charles and I have been talking about the fact that we've never once actually stopped at the timer. So we just threw it out the fucking window and said, yeah, all right, we, we're just going to be long winded. We started like off caring and then we stopped caring. Yeah. Because yeah. it always <laughs> happened to go off like right when somebody was in the middle of some good shit. And yeah. it's like, no, 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 no. We're going to keep going. And then we realized that we just enjoyed keeping going no matter what. So <laughs> fuck a timer is what I have to say. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier for me to explain the program, too, if we were to go back to that. Six yeah. shots, six, six topics, that's it. Boom, like, there you go. We don't need to talk about timers or anything. Yeah. That works. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of six shots, you can't have six one. if you don't start with one. Yep. So that is true. Opera Plot Happy Hour, thank you so much for being on our show. Uh, here we go. Thanks for having us. Cheers. Charles, I believe you start this one off. Yes, I'll kick it oh, off. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, hold, hold on, on, hold on, hold on. What happened? Hold up, hold You on. guys think you're in charge tonight. <laughs> but this is a mutiny. Uh-oh. We are taking over your podcast. We're taking over. We planned a coup last night after we recorded. <laughs> so, question number one for you guys. <laughs> what? <laughs> My Amanda's done giggling about this. What is the first Tim Curry you think of when I say the name Tim Curry? It's got to be Rocky Horror for me. It. Ooh. Oh my Ooh. God! Expand I on that. Forget that. <laughs> that's it. It. That's the expansion. <laughs> that's, that's all, there is. all right. Question number one. <laughs> what a failed. Years failed back, cool. when I was an active writer, I pitched an idea to a music magazine to uh, allow me to pair metal albums with beverages, with beer specifically. Okay. <laughs> Name one of your favorite. favorite albums and pair it with a beverage or a meal, if you prefer, or both. Oh God. Ooh. Oh, how am I supposed to pick one? Yeah, you no answer shit. because you've obviously been thinking about yeah, this. Yeah, we always do this. Yeah, yeah we got we got great. <laughs> we actually half the time I come in and I'm like, I don't know the answer to my own fucking question. <laughs> I, didn't... I just struggle I'll, with questions I'll go. that. Oh, go yeah. ahead. Go I'll ahead. go. Okay, so 
we talk a lot about our favorite comfort foods on this program. Quams is tacos, like yeah. your go-to comfort food, mm-hmm. minus smash burgers, like a sloppy, mean, angry smash burger, Smashies. runny yolk, bacon on it. So, of course, being a fan of death metal, that would be the obvious inclination, is pairing probably my favorite extreme metal album of all time, Converge Jane Doe, mm. with a filthy smash burger, runny egg, won't care how I look with the egg yolk all in my beard. And uh, a high life and a shot of some cheap whiskey like Four Roses. Ooh. I think all those things just work they I very would, beautifully together. I would very much like that right now. It's a very mm-hmm. shameless meal. That sounds really good. <laughs> I like a good shameless meal. This is really hard for me. I struggle with questions that are, what's your favorite literally anything? Mm-hmm. Because I like everything. All the things. <laughs> like all the things. Um, so I'll have to tell you what I'm liking right now the most. Sure. Yeah. I tend to gravitate towards music. That is um, something I'm going to be directing. I do stage directing, and, and we're prepping uh, at Journey North Opera Company for an opera that we're going to do next fall called Proving Up. This sounds so snobby. you got to go listen to this opera. It's so fucking cool. It's, it's been written within the last five years. It's by a female composer. It's like only been performed three times, and it's fucking sick. Wow. So I listen to it when I take my dog for a walk, and part of the reason I'm listening to it is because I'm doing the thing that I've done my whole life, which is listening to the entirety of a musical when I was a kid and starting to, like, see the staging sure. in my head. Sure. Um, and then I'll stop and, like, <laughs> pause the music and, like, do a voice note, like, when this happens, this should happen. <laughs> it's not crazy at all. Um, <laughs> and then I guess, like comfort food and drink i'm just a stupid sucker for pasta like you really can't fuck up pasta for me did you just pair opera with pasta shut up <laughs> it's american How opera no it's american <laughs> opera it's in english Come on, fuck off. <laughs> and then just generally speaking like whiskey and martinis none of these things pair well together particularly but like this is what you got when you, you just mash them together. <laughs> what kind of pasta Pick a pasta. Mm, I'm super pasta. low maintenance, but I recently discovered Nona Rosa's in Uh-oh. Robbinsdale. Absolutely. It's actually, like, very legit. That place bangs. Cool. Um, and I guess... Plus, like, I, I highly recommend going to this place. It's, it's like, it has that old school, like, 70s, 80s mm-hmm. Italian restaurant vibe to it. Like, you're, mm-hmm. you're not surprised to see the, the wicker uh, bottle koozie for the Chianti that comes yes. out. Okay. And, like, <laughs> different deep colors of, yeah. like, of vinyl booths and all that. I, like, the... the plants hanging that you're like that could be fake or it could be real either way it doesn't look like it's doing super well yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) but i i love it like going there it's such a comforting place yeah i i have again trouble picking a favorite when i'm Mm -hmm. home and it's just like i have a four-year-old and spaghetti is a really safe choice (laughs) so Mm -hmm. we do a fair amount of spaghetti she's also not uh she's dairy free and so the cream sauces that i love but also that torture my insides are out so when i'm gonna eat at a restaurant and it's like handmade pasta and scratch made sauces then i'd go for the the cream sauces and like the seafood and maybe some pesto and the fancy shit so yeah again none of these things pair well together so like 11 pastas martinis (laughs) what was the other beverage old-fashioned old-fashioned no i just said whiskey oh whiskey yeah again super low maintenance a bunch of pasta you know the traditional martini with a whiskey side yeah you know you know as they do how long is the opera it's not long it's a one act it's like um 
It's a it's about an hour. Okay. Give or take ten on Whoa, your that, side. then that's a flurry. Yeah. I was gonna say, hey, if it's a long oh, opera, that's right because mm-hmm. we're talking all those about... things makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, this is a shit show. I'm just I'm just, I'm just picturing you with like a, a a half circle of plates all around and just conducting go, 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 go. forks. No, when I say I like everything, that doesn't mean I want everything. You guys, that's not the same thing. I mean, I pick do. something. And I was vibing it. with you. I am one hundred percent into that. I have been known to order three things to go that I know I will never finish because no. I just want to yeah. eat a little bit of all of them. That's fair. My eyes are always bigger than my stomach. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just got to like open the fridge and like take a single bite of everything. Absolutely. Like I'm, I'm a snacker. I will, I, no fork. I'll just put my hand in there and yeah, in my mouth it. and walk away. Yeah. Who else is going to touch it? No, it's yours. <laughs> you are in your house. It's in the house already. Yeah. I'm uh, an adult. <laughs> what would your, Tina, what would your pairing be? Okay. I don't actually listen to a lot of music, which is weird because I'm a professional musician, but like I do it for a living, so (laughs) I don't really do it in my spare time. But when I think about listening to an entire album, I think about like summer, driving, rolling the windows down, Mm -hmm. and that's usually a Led Zeppelin time for me. So I would say Led Zeppelin, In Through the Outdoor, and I would pair that with ice cream because it's summer. Hell yeah. You're so much cooler than me. What? That's fucking fantastic. <laughs> that's also, you're the second musician that's told me that. Um, I, uh, my former roommate still tours with his band, and uh, I hadn't seen him in a couple of years, and we were just catching up. He was in St. Paul uh, visiting some friends, and we had lunch together, and I just said, like, what are you listening to right now? And he's like, nothing. And I just mm-hmm. stared at him like... Who are you? You fucking psychopath. I know. <laughs> but he, his thing was, um, if he's working on songs, he doesn't want to be listening to anything else because it's too easy to subconsciously steal stuff. Yep. And he can find his own voice and he can find his own style if he is, uh, if he's just listening to podcasts and, and yeah. NPR because then he knows none of that's going to infect what he's working on. Yeah. So I love that. I, you have proven that he is in fact not crazy <laughs> or you're both you crazy hard pressed to find a classical musician who listens to a ton of music sure. in their spare time i bet i mean the amount of of work and practice that goes into it, it's probably not as fun mm-hmm. same reason most of our chef friends when we get off just eat like the worst junk food and the shittiest beer because yeah. you just spent the entire night cooking really fine amazing food you want to just hang out oh yeah, yeah. um Trey saying he doesn't watch uh Reality, cooking shows reality yeah. yeah yeah we had a chef on here who refuses to watch any sort of like food reality stuff because he's like it, that's not what i do so bah. uh but speaking of comfort food that would be mine uh when when charles told me that he was going to ask this question um i was trying to figure out like favorite albums and so many of like my favorite ones were before my music library really exploded i just have such a emotional connection to them and it would have been like you know some sort of crap food that I was eating when I was younger. But this actually just happened to me uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, I was making fried chicken at home, and I started the process of cooking and was like, what am I doing? How do I not have music on right now? And I went into my record library, and the only thing that I could think of to play was AT Aliens by Outkast. And that is hands down in my top ten all-time favorite records. And I put that on, and I felt like I cooked better. I felt like the chicken tasted better. Uh, we ended up having um, uh, like a sparkling wine with it, which was fantastic. And the whole, it was, oh, yeah. it was literally like a vibe. Like the whole thing just felt right. And it was like I got to involve an extra sense that I don't always get to involve when I'm eating. And the whole thing, it just seemed like, it seemed like whether I cooked the chicken better because I was paying more attention to it because I had a little bit of that base in me. Or if it was just that literally tying everything together with all the senses worked. But I'd, I absolutely would recommend everybody do that. That's cool. And if you don't Perfect. like it, 
fuck off. Yeah, and this just happened. We always say on this program, too, that on any given day, you can answer the same question a totally different way. Absolutely. It's absolutely true. Yeah. I will also say uh, Led Zeppelin. My first thought when he asked was uh, Led Zeppelin pairs incredibly with an ice-cold 40 of Colt 45. Uh, we In college, we started an impromptu party called 40 Tuesdays. And we would torture the poor uh, late night DJ at the rock station uh, in St. Cloud uh, at, at St. John's University. We could get the, I think it was the power loon, and we would we would torture her every single Tuesday, calling and requesting "Ramble On" until she would finally relent and play it. And it got to be like for a while she was super annoyed, and then it got to be a thing. But as soon as "Ramble On" came on, we would all run to the fridge and crack a forty, and that was that was it. So I will just recommend again, <laughs> for those of you that are still 40 enthusiasts out there, try it with Ramble On because it Macro fucking loggers and classic rock go together great for yeah. someone of my age. I mean, I don't know. I feel like what I'm hearing Ben saying, though, is that the secret ingredient is nostalgia. Yeah. That's Sounds t- like the secret ingredient is harassment. <laughs> <laughs> also that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nostalgia, that's like now I, I listen to so much music now mm-hmm. like my my library is so just all over the place it, it would be impossible for me to love anything as much as I did back then mm-hmm. because I didn't I didn't I had the 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 little box of six crayons that you get at Perkins I didn't have the 128 yet you know so when you find that crayon that you really love like that still just sticks with you and so no matter when you when you get everything else involved that's great but like I, the, I still mm-hmm. got to love those albums. Mm-hmm. And those albums led to me now listening to what I do. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's, I can tell you right now, there's 10 songs that I'm obsessed with, but two weeks from now, maybe two of them will still be right. on that list. Mm-hmm. They'll rotate out. Yeah. yeah. But that's just me. I'm very decisive with picking, like, a meal to prepare, but I always have option paralysis with selecting music because I like so many different mm-hmm. types of music and bands. And also, the crossover between Marnie and me <laughs> is so limited that... Yeah. It's like the same 10 albums are like our wedding playlist. <laughs> I think maybe if I paired albums to the food I was preparing or like thought of it that way, that I'd be more decisive about what to play. Mm. <laughs> maybe I'll start doing that more frequently. What comes first, the meal or the album? <gasps> oh. Selecting mm-hmm. the meal because the meal is easy to select. I think that I'm if, saying, does the does the meal inspire the album, or does the album inspire the meal in the, this new plan of yours? The meal will inspire the album because I don't have a problem selecting a meal, but I do get option paralysis when I'm trying to determine what to play. And I'm the opposite because I will 100% put a record on, and then I will figure out what I'm going to make depending on what that vibe gives me. Just like what you have in your house, though, or yeah, do you like, leave? Well, we have we usually have a ton of Fucks shit. The vibe all up. Yeah, <laughs> like we we usually have a ton of shit. Like mm. obviously, if I'm going to do like a lengthy prep on something, then yeah, I've already decided on that meal. But like we get up on a Sunday morning, and Jenny's like, "Hey, will you you know make some brunch?" We have a ton of stuff, and I can go a lot of different ways. But first, we got to get music on, and then like if Sam Cook is singing to me all right, we're going to get some bacon, we're going to get some eggs, and we're maybe going to get some waffles. Like, it all just works, you know? <laughs> if, if I go, like, Sigur Ross, then I might push more, like, you know, like, fruit or something really light and something really easy and probably a little healthier. It just kind of, like, I don't know. It, I would eat as many smash burgers as I actually want to because I'm usually playing death metal on my <laughs> iPod. On my, you and my husband would really get along. It's <laughs> kind of blowing my mind right now because I don't think I've ever really, like taken myself out of my own head and looked at how whatever music I'm listening to influences my choices. I typically choose music based on the activity that I'm doing. But it's interesting to think then taking that a step further, 
now that I'm listening to this music, what are the things that I then go do for the sure. next mm-hmm. hour or whatever? I just don't think I've ever thought about that. Welcome to Libations and Therapy for oh Everyone. Oh my God. <laughs> helping people by helping people. <laughs> great tagline. Definitely not forgettable. <laughs> oh. oh, man. I, th- I thought I muted it. I thought I muted it. Does that oh. mean we get to drink more of this whiskey? Yeah, no, it's given, that was the alarm to. to I love that we get a clown horn when he says we're. Th- Therapeutizing. People. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> Even my technology knows my sense of humor. Uh, but the best part was that had nothing to do with the timer. That was the sound that comes up when it says, "Please rate our application. We really do appreciate your feedback about our oh, app." God damn it. Later or what? rate. <laughs> What? Yeah. What Saw application are you made. using, and can I rate it for you? Uh, yeah, it's RH Timer, and it gets a. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I, uh, you, you buy moments that you you buy uses of the timer and the lowest you could buy was 300 so i'm kind of stuck with it for now <laughs> but I, I will not be re-buying. what world do we live in to pay for a fucking timer Wait, yeah do you not just have like the timer app on your yeah. phone it was nice having it on the computer because i can put any song or any sound as the alarm that was why i did it was we were trying to put like different songs and sound bites behind people to, yeah. to mess with them yeah. and it just ended up being it's one of those gags that like in planning i thought this was going to be really great and it has never once been really awesome yeah. except for when we had the the car horn one on because we heard from a lot of people that were listening in their car. We had a police siren on <laughs> yeah. one episode. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. That's, that's brutal. <laughs> the clown horn, maybe, maybe if it gets warmer and people have their windows down, they'll be like, what the fuck? Is yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's getting randomly attacked right, by a clown. Cheers, cheers to Tim Curry. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm thinking about those legs and fishnets. <laughs> I typically think of him in Clue. That was a big one for me as a kid. Mm, the wild thornberries. Oh yeah, what? That's a Nickelodeon thing, right? Yeah, oh, yeah he was the dad. Fun. Yeah, and I Flea was the little kid. You're fucking kidding no, me. No, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers was the little <laughs> the baby. That was that's Flea. The monkey. Sure, I that, that <laughs> I, I, know, never had, I never had. I never. That was Flea. I, ne- I never had cable when I was a me kid, either. so I missed all of like the Nickelodeon I'm revolution. Surprised I got this reference at all. All I got, um, I when my freshman year in college, I'm so lucky that I what had decent grades. Nickel, uh, the Rugrats on Nickelodeon. Oh, this is you're talking about Rugrats. Yeah. Oh. But I never oh, saw any I of that shit. I was still on the Wild Thornberries. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah, I'm no, sorry. I, that's what I'm, that's what that's I was my bad. No. About. I don't See, know what this that is. is. What this was that on? What it's the same animation style. It was? Yeah. And yes. Tim Curry played when? the dad, Nigel Thornberry. With oh, really? the big <laughs> mustache. With the huge yeah. mustache. Is this in the 80s or? No. The 90s. Okay. Got it. Fuck me. See, again, I, I smushed them together because it looks like the same drawings. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So I thought this would be kind of fun. Um, what is an embarrassing habit, ritual, or thing that you do that like most people don't know about? It doesn't have to be like embarrassing, but something that you maybe specifically don't tell people. I tell people everything. Oh, you are <laughs> you are an oversharer. I, I am will. an oversharer. <laughs> but the thing that I don't, I don't know. I, I'll tell people about it, but only if it comes up or if someone says, "What's something you never tell anyone?" <laughs> Which is, and you're going to like this, Benjamin, is that I have a CPAP. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of awesome. Woo. I got one. Snorers unite. sleep apnea Woo. in your 30s. I think most of our guests have had a CPAP. Really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Two episodes ago, we had. I am uh, I, I, he has a CPAP. Yep. I've had yeah. my nose broken three times. Oh, I have Possibly no a fourth. Excuse. 
Uh, I already had malformed sinuses. Yeah, I'm just genetically predisposed to not being able to breathe. Yeah. Mm. I was, I've was. i already okay. had two no, surgeries. No. Really, really not counterproductive. Ideal. No, it's <laughs> bad, miserable. Bad evolution, that's what that is. <laughs> Dr. Whiting said, uh, it, it's, said it looks like I'm trying to breathe through a straw oh. the entire night that oh, I sleep. Good. Which mask do you have on your CPAP? It's the nose pillow one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah nasal pillow. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I was hoping you would say Darth Vader, but uh, no. The beard those. doesn't work. Slash, I just cannot. I have moments throughout the year when, if I'm congested for whatever reason, I think to myself, "Oh God, is this when I should really just get the full face just for days like this?" But I just have been mm. fighting that because it just seems so uncomfortable. Like it took me long enough to get used to this incy wincy little thing. And I don't want the Bane mask on my face while yeah. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> so when, when they, if for any, any of you out there, if you've been told by someone that you love that you snore a lot, I highly recommend Seriously. going and, and going through this. It, it's fucking life-changing. Jokes aside, it is life-changing, and it's very good for you. It's good for your heart. It's good for your lungs. It's good uh, for your it's brain. It's good for your fucking mental health. Yeah, exactly. Um, but when, when I went, so I went into the, the Whiting Clinic, uh, out on Highway 55 in, in Plymouth and, uh, they, they strap you up to like 25 different like sensors mm-hmm. and then they like watch you sleep. Mm-hmm. And if you roll under your side, like there's a frightening voice that comes over a speaker and tells you to roll on your back again. Oh, really? Yeah, it was aggressive. That I, sounds sleep inducing. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was very nurse ratchet going oh, on there. They prescribe you <laughs> optional Ambien before you do this. And I oh. definitely took the Ambien. Did, did you not? No. <gasps> But anyway, when I went in for my, my uh, assessment, I was sitting with the doctor. He goes, you know, he's talking about, like, me not being able to breathe and through a straw and blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, but here's, this is actually fascinating. I haven't, I haven't seen this before. He goes, this is you going into REM sleep, and it shows this graph where it just dives. And he goes, this is when we yelled at you to roll under your back again. And I spike into consciousness straight up. He goes, this is what's different. Most people, it's like a slow ascent back down. You rolled over, and then it dives right back into REM sleep. That is fascinating. Because I, I, I can sleep through anything. I, have, I can go to sleep in the middle of a concert if I wanted to. I, I absolutely have that ability, and I didn't realize that other people didn't. Uh, I just thought other people were light sleepers. So we're like, how were you experiencing your sleep disruption? Because I was falling asleep at my desk every goddamn day of the week. I had incredibly poor mental health. Um, and these are things that didn't change until, and I, so in a lot of cases, didn't even realize outside of the yeah. full on falling asleep at my desk. Um, but when they did mine, I hardly ever got to REM. Oh, like I never even got there. Yeah, I literally, I my brain is so obsessed with shutting down that it fights through it. That's nuts. Yeah, so like, like what were you if, aside from snoring? Did you have any like? Hmm? shit that you were dealing with that you no longer have to deal with it makes my adhd way worse like now that i sleep better it's toned everything way down Mm -hmm. um and i just feel like i can concentrate more i feel like i can handle more Mm -hmm. with like being able to separate everything into columns Mm -hmm. that's been the biggest change for me and i just feel rested i thought you know everybody jokes around about being tired i thought everybody was actually as exhausted as i was same and that is uh that is not true Mm -hmm. Totally. (laughs) so but it's it it frustrates my wife because she is a light sleeper and not a snorer and now i get really incredible sleep and she doesn't have to wake up to me snoring anymore but she still is a light sleeper because there's nothing yeah. Outside of like ambient or, or THC right. tincture, there's not a whole lot you can do. <laughs> Which is not a bad way to go, to be honest. Yeah, I, again, something else that's changed my life massively. Yep. So, <laughs> uh, Tina. What was the question? Oh, yeah, sorry. We, we derailed that one. Do you have a CPAP? Don't you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, is, there, is there anything, 
embarrassing maybe isn't the right word, but is there anything that, like a habit that you do that maybe you don't always tell people about? Yeah. So <laughs> if you listen to our podcast, you probably know this, but I have synesthesia and I don't talk yes. about it because people look at me like I'm a fucking freak and then I have to explain it. It's so it's, fucking great. It's, it's so not cool. like one of the so sexy cool. forms of synesthesia where it's like, I see the color blue and it tastes like pineapple. Like that's easy to explain. But for me, space and time are the same thing. Sure. So time literally exists in physical space around me or any ordinal sequence. Like if I'm thinking about a timeline in history, I generally sit at the year 1900 and I'm like Ben, you were at about the year 1920 for me, sure. it was like directly across from me. And like to my right, I go backwards through the 1800s. So like if I think of the composer Beethoven, he's maybe like three feet to my right because he died in 1827. That is fucking cool. <laughs> Isn't that the most bonker it's, shit yeah. you've ever heard? I so, love it so much. Yeah. There are some people I tell and they're like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> or like when I'm when I when like people that, ask like me that how that's old a thing I am, that you deal with that makes a lot of sense. Like that sounds weird and that tracks. No, it's like. That makes a lot of your personality make sense. Yeah, exactly, to me. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like when I tell people how old I am, and I'm like, I'm 30, and I point to like a <laughs> point in space, and they're like, What are you pointing at? And I'm like, 30. I'm pointing at 30. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> keep up. Yeah, that's that's my weird one. That's I fucking so awesome. I love so, so I have I have light synesthesia with the the colors. Like I. I will for completely forget what a light show looked like at a concert because I see a different thing in my head a lot. Um, and it's usually way stronger at shows when I'm like completely involved in what's going on. If I just have my headphones on, it's not really that big of a thing. But at shows, uh, the last time I went and saw Tool, I missed the entire, like they had a really cool uh, like 3D imaging going on. I missed the entire thing. And when I think about it, everything is like, like bright green. And my friend was at the show with me, and he's like, that, that didn't happen. And I'm like, hmm, it did in my head. I get why you're saying that, and I'll, I'll just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> There's a composer, and I forget his name. He's a modern composer, but he has synesthesia, and he discovered this as a little kid when he asked his music teacher, can you play that blue song again? And his teacher's like, uh, what? what? And he goes, yeah, the song that looked bright blue. <laughs> and so there is this orchestral piece called Bright Blue Music, and I guess the composer, when he sees his music, it looks bright blue, but it sounds boring as fuck to the rest of us <laughs> because it's just the key of G major and it doesn't go anywhere. Like, cool. Good for you. Uh, Nelly Furtado, also. Part of the reason that she skipped around and did so many like different things that weren't sort of on brand for her was she was going with like what colors she was feeling at the time. And that's how she made like the different jumps to do what she did album to album to album while they're all wildly different. I literally only know about the one Nelly Furtado oh, song. She's and so now dope. that I mention it, I don't know what that is either. Uh, you're talking about folklore, which had I'm like a bird. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. the lion. That's the only that's thing the I know is that line. <laughs> oh man. She's There's like a bird. Her second album. <laughs> she wants is... to fly away. She doesn't know where her home is. She doesn't yeah. know oh, where her shit. soul okay. is. Yeah. There you go. All right. Her, 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 her second album. Crushing She's uh, uh, Portuguese, and so her second album is like she sings a bunch in Portuguese, and it's way more influenced by her actual like upbringing. Mm -hmm. And then her third album she did with Timbaland when Justin Timberlake and shit was on there. So like each album is just wildly different. And that was I heard her on an interview, and that's what she was talking about. She's like, you know, just like you do with like fashion or whatever. As you age, you start getting into different things, and it was whatever color she was into at the time that was the music she was. And now I have to listen to Nelly Furtado and find out about the rest of her music catalog. When I think a couple plays on Spotify. When I think of Nelly Furtado, I think of my cousin's dog because they saw Nelly Furtado at like a fair and they also adopted a dog from this fair <laughs> and they named her Nelly Potato. <laughs> Nelly Potato. 
<laughs> okay, but the real question here is, Tina, is when you think of that, where is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, I would say about, like, 45 degrees to my left behind me. <laughs> Fascinating. Oh, I love it. Charles, what about you? Hold on. Uh-oh. Nelly Potato. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Is this it is a, a, if it exists, or if you can think of it, there's a porn. Like, is that what you're looking? If you can oh, think of it, there's a porn. I, uh, I really like that. Rule thirty four. I don't, yeah. don't want to have to listen through a whole episode the next day so that I can find a title and yeah. just do uh, kind of like goofy random titles. Yeah. <laughs> so now I loudly announce that I'm typing in <laughs> the name. That's the, so that's the front runner currently. For me, there's a lot of directions I could go with this. I, I have weird ways of like manifesting my energy. I have like boundless energy and I like chew my cheeks and my knee shakes a lot and I gotta like steady it or like grab it with my hands. Uh, obviously we've talked about my misophonia on this program mm-hmm. a whole lot, but the sleep thing, the CPAP mm-hmm. thing made me think of this like quirky thing that I do in my sleep sometimes. And apparently it's hereditary, which is fucking weird. But uh, in the middle of the night, while I'm totally asleep, I will often transition to my back. And I have to describe this because you're listening to me, not seeing me. <laughs> but I lay on my back and I, I slide one knee up so the knee's pointed up. Mm-hmm. And then I take my other foot and I put it on top of that knee, sort yeah. of in a mm-hmm. figure four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've had other it's, people tell it's me. It's called that reclining they, pigeon pose. I was is just going to say wait, that's is that a yoga, yoga yeah, thing? For sure. <laughs> is that a yoga thing? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I, I I do yoga, but I do like the stupid do doodly. No, I do the stupid doodly yoga where all the names are different. It's DDP yoga. But uh, yeah, so I, I do that in my sleep. And apparently my uncle who passed away last year used to do it. And my grandfather used to do it. And it actually made my aunt really emotional when she saw me do it in Lebanon one time. Like Aww. she woke me up standing in a doorway and I was like, why are you crying? And she said, you're, you're, my father did Aww. that. Your, grandpa, your grandpa did that. And like your, your uncle does that. So I was like, that's odd. Um, and for a long time, I hadn't heard of anyone else that, that ever really did that. Until wow. Pretty recently, I had a couple of people say, like, yeah, sometimes I do that, too. But it's funny, because I'll just wake up, and I'm, like, sitting like that. And I remember my wife, Marnie, thinking it was the weirdest thing when she just, like, yeah. one morning was, like, looking at me, and I woke up, and I'm like, hey, what's up? And she's like, what are you fucking doing with your legs? <laughs> How are they, like, balanced that way? Oh, man. And Sleep I told so her, funny. I have no goddamn idea. That's so funny. That's amazing. But oh, also endearing. That. Yeah. Very much so. The sleeping brain does weird shit. I sometimes will extend an arm. Yeah, that was weird. I'll sometimes extend an arm and like, hello? It's the... That's our alarm. The (laughs) crashing bottle. No, we are are above a wonderful restaurant called the Northeast Social Club and their recycling and uh, dumpsters are right out the back Uh, of this. I I don't even know if that'll pick up. That tracks. Oh, so then this is all just a nonsense (laughs) breakaway. At least we got to to mention... Yeah. Yes. An incredible restaurant. That are now uh, open again, right? Yeah, they are open, fully open. Beautiful. Normal-ish. So you were saying something with your arm? Yeah, like- so I'll, I'll stick my arm out, and I usually mm. don't have long sleeves on, or if I do, I'll pull them down, and mm. then I'll start, like, dragging my fingernails along both sides oh, of my weird. arm. Really I long. do that, too. Do that yeah, 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 I, I, I do that. Soothing, and yeah. it's usually when I'm, like, in that space between sleep and awake yeah, that I do it. You guys are simpatico. Yeah, that's uh, so weirdly similar. I found that out from my wife. you do that, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, I'll lay in bed, and I'll do this. Yes! I, I, had, I have never had anyone else tell me that I did that. But then as soon as she pointed it out, once I could think about it, then I noticed I'd, I do it like every you night. Do it all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. Do you sleep with your arms over your head too? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. 
For I, a second there, I was like, are we the same person? No, I'm a side. You, you sleep on your back with your arms up? Or? I do, yeah. Really? yeah. Oh, I, I, I vacillate between that and my right side, and mm. I don't know how much of that is because I've had to adapt after getting a hose attached to my face while I sleep. I'm still a side sleeper, so I put my hand underneath. Yeah, the yeah. I am 99% of the time unless I wake up with my legs crossed. <laughs> well, all of those are so much more... They're so much better than than my weird shit. I uh, I thought of this uh, because I <clears throat> I realized I've been doing this since I was a child, and every mm-hmm. now and then I'll catch myself doing it, and I'm like, this is so fucking weird. But I've never uh, talked to anybody about it, so I figured, what the fuck? Let, let's go there. Let's do it. <clears throat> there excited. are there Therapy. are there are certain snacky foods, usually in the uh, candy or like salty go away category, where. Uh, I will I will chew a handful, but I will not swallow because I actually enjoy the flavor of chewed yes. up food. And then I will sometimes add more to it when it starts to dissipate. Things like uh, like Cheetos or uh, like Pringles, uh, Triscuits. Snack that huh? is so <laughs> you're like a, a human chipmunk. Yeah, yeah. I, and I will if Jenny's in the room, I will absolutely not do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because it's really fucking it's weird. Super though. weird. And <laughs> Shut up! I do the same thing. Yeah. It's like you enjoy the feeling of it slowly dissolving exactly. away. Yes. Like I get that. And it's it's wow. it's always foods that vanish into nothing. Like yes. like oh, sure. a, like a, a Cheeto goes into like those cheesy nothing. Poofs. Yep. Yeah. If I'm really committed, I'll do it with Swedish fish. Ooh, absolutely. Man, uh, Sour I just Patch don't Kids. understand the adding Ooh. more thing. Like I definitely can appreciate the whole "this is melting away in my mouth" sensation, but I don't add. Because I'm not ready to get rid of everything yet. I have to actively <laughs> stop myself mm. from swallowing food because I still have poor kid mentality. When I eat, I oh, eat yeah. so fucking fast. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just wolf it down. Yeah. It's definitely a, like, grab what you can while you can mm-hmm. scenario that I can't deprogram. But when I'm at a nice restaurant with my wife, I'm like, calm down, kid. Slow down, buddy. Slow <laughs> <Just laughs> your roll. Just it's take, like a tiny interview. Take an extra, <laughs> take an okay, extra bite okay. or two. I've done, I've done the move where, like, I'm at a really nice restaurant and – I'm like wolfing something down and I'm about to swallow a bite and I'm like, no, 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 don't do it. And I like stop it from going down. So it's too early. Don't do that to the fucker. You accidentally accidentally mutter out, not yet. It's it's really really ironic that you just mentioned that you're you're accidentally swallowing something too soon and it's foie gras because if there's any food that is just, I just can't even wrap my head around foie gras. Because I've oh. seen foie gras get made, and by that I mean I've seen ducks or geese have a tube stuck down their yeah. throat and be forced to swallow, and I just That's can't. A, they, they crush rocks in their throat to open muscles. Yep. So. What? So that's, that's, that's cool. <laughs> they, 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 they dump muscles down their throat and then a bunch of river rocks and they crane their neck to crush open oh the shells. So, so their throat is their throat's made for No, that's that that's what they do. They do on purpose? Yeah. yeah. That's how they that's open how they feed on they, muscles yeah. on the Dude, beach. birds are dinosaurs. Birds, yeah, really? they are, yeah. Birds are fucking dinosaurs I mean, and yeah. or they aren't real. Also, that's a great t-shirt. Birds aren't real. Just birds aren't real. Hashtag birds aren't real. <laughs> I like birds are dinosaurs. I've been begging my clients to let me name a beer that. It just hasn't happened yet. I don't get why. Mm. No, one's, no one's done it. Why can't I do it? Hate. Dan, Dan, if you're listening, please let me name a beer. Birds aren't real. Especially now that this is on the air, someone else is going to take someone it. Someone else is going to take Maybe it. Maybe it just needs Fuck. a pun. Maybe it just needs a beer pun to like be layered over the top of it. Hmm. No, because I refuse to do that. Yeah, you do. You, I was like, ooh. It's he's... too much of that. I mean, yeah. I'm only, okay, that's fair. Too much of that. Fine. <clears throat> Happy seagull. <laughs> no, thanks. Show, show we whiskey about it? Yeah. Well, Boop. don't mind if I do. Jeez. Maybe I'm just going to let this sit in my mouth for a while. Mm-hmm. 
I just really like the. I know this is like the most cliche thing you can say about whiskey, but it's so smoky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, it's not. It's not cliche at all. Like I think, similar to what you talk about on your show with opera, I think that we allowed. Uh, spirits and wine to be elitist because mm-hmm. it was treated that way for a very long time and I think the more that we can remind people that whatever your palate says to you that's what it is mm-hmm. and because I might pick up like a tobacco note that doesn't mean somebody else doesn't if I take you know a, a burnt marshmallow note that doesn't mean that you don't or that, that you have to like all of our palates are completely different we all we yeah. all see things differently we all think about things <laughs> differently you know so when you try something all I ever want anybody to do is think about it. Yeah. Like, just have a conscious thought about it, regardless of where you get to. If you have that thought, then you're already working on thinking about what you're consuming. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you're going to put it inside you. Yeah, treat it, treat it like thought. improv, too. That's one of the first things you learn when you're trying to become a, a judge, like a beer judge. Just, like, say what you feel. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's the only way you'll ever make, like, a very clever connotation between what you're tasting <clears throat> yeah. and, and what's actually contained in mm-hmm. it. If you're like, oh, pine needles. And it seems weird, but you taste it, you know, oddly enough, people will be like, fuck yeah. Yeah, but also like that seems weird to other people until they taste it too. And they're like, oh yeah, pine needles. Like I just had that experience with graphite in wine. Absolutely. Like people talk about graphite in wine all the Mm -hmm. time. And then I had a really nice bottle of Pinot and I was like, oh yeah, that's what people mean when they (laughs) say you're drinking graphite and leather. I've never heard that before. And now I feel like I have to taste pencil wine. Yeah. Well, let me just introduce you to this really rich opera donor who has a wine cellar the size of my house. Please introduce me to this really rich opera donor for a lot of reasons. (laughs) I think we have a key there. Oak and graphite. It's a fucking pencil. Yeah. I I had a similar experience the first time that I took a wine class. I was really nervous because they were asking me what I got. And I was like, I'm sure I'm going to get laughed at. But I said, like, wet wet slate rock. (laughs) Yeah. And he was like, exactly. And I was yes. like, wait, what? Like, I, th- I still thought he was being sarcastic. And he's like, no, that is absolutely a part. The minerality of this absolutely kicks that out to me. Mm-hmm. And all I could think of was, like, I had been hiking, and it was raining. Mm-hmm. And that was what the rock smelled like. Mm-hmm. And that was where it hit me. And f- uh, after that, I was like, fuck it. All right, let's Did talk the about next it. guy say dry slate rock, and he gave him a wedgie? <laughs> <laughs> I just... I, 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 you say? I gave him like a, a Charlie horse on his thigh. Yeah. Like, Take that. You got to go, buddy. Get out. How dare oh, you? I feel like this is going to be a controversial question. I'm excited. Oh, my God. Controversy. We never deal with that. Oh or n- maybe not controversial, but like a, it's a, a, a heated. Question. Yeah. No, it's heated, not heated is not better. It's neither. It's neither you, heated nor controversial. I'm excited about this. It I'm you not. On, My sphincter is tightening. I'm a little bit terrified. It's been a tense week and a half around here. You, you guys. might have option paralysis. That's <laughs> All right, let's do it. Favorite animated movie ever. <laughs> That's the face. I was like, <laughs> oh, panic! Oh, <laughs> not where I expected you to go with this. Definitely thought it was going to be political. No, um, no I feel like I would have been better that. equipped if it was. <laughs> It is kind of, can is we kind of can we define animated? What? No, this is a solid question because I was going to ask if claymation counts. Yes. Yes. Claymation, three D. Okay. Uh, Anything that's not just like drawn. strictly humans, right? Okay, yeah, so like every animated, Del Toro movie, movie you're including in this. Wait, what? She said Anything Del Toro, that's not strictly that's a humans. Fair call out. I could be persuaded that that is animation. No, no, uh, no humans present. Yeah, None so at I all. actually, you, okay. I would even disqualify like uh, Roger Rabbit. Sure. Know, oh damn it! I was going to say Mirror okay, Mask. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole different category. Okay. All right. Okay. All okay. Right. Okay. 
I'm just trying to think of like an animated movie that I would watch as an adult. I know I'm. I have a four-year-old, and so I'm really about <laughs> to be either zone. embarrassed or mm-hmm. try really hard to come up with something that's not a Disney movie. Ooh, she's gonna let you have it too if you fuck up. Since <sighs> she'll definitely uh, listen. To this. Does the Dark Crystal count? Oh man, was that yours, Ben? No, no, no. But I love that. I hadn't even thought about that. Not like a, not like VFX though. It's got to be fully animated. Like all no. So I was. Well, going, if it was like claymation, that would like count because it would be counts, all puppetry counts. Yeah, but there's people in it. There's people in claymation. The clay doesn't move. <laughs> it is moved. There are, I know, but the people's arms aren't in there. Yeah. There are, there are people wearing costumes I in that. I am going to go ahead and respectfully so, disagree with you guys. I'm just, I'm just going to say. if it's difficult to choose, this actually narrows it down. Right? Yeah. I suppose. Like it makes it I so suppose, that yeah, you have to have just a slightly more. <laughs> so I now have, you, instead of choosing from millions of movies, you have to pick from hundreds of thousands of movies <laughs> instead. Sorry to inconvenience you. So I, I'm of two minds, and I'm going to say them both because I right. don't know that I could pick. No, pick one. No, I want you to pick one. You always do this. I just want you to pick one. The first one. rule of improv is shut it down. Pick one for today. Pick one for today. So the movie that I have probably, that I still watch to this day, if, if we're going to say that, there is a, an absolute fucking acid dream of a movie that came out in the 80s called The Adventures of Mark Twain, where a claymation Mark Twain steals some kids and takes them through time. But there are real people in that too, though. No, the whole thing is claymation. Wait, really? Yeah, the whole thing is claymation. And at one point, they go and talk to Death. I don't think I've seen this. Who, it's a, it's, he, he's the, the happy face in the, the drama masks. And then uh, he's looking at the world and decides that basically it's, it's, he's looking at humanity as it's growing. And he's like, oh, no, they're evil. They've started fighting. And it, it flips from the happy mask to the angry mask. And he literally smushes all of the humans on this planet with his hand and then turns back and looks at the kids and is like, they were awful. I saw this fucking movie when I was seven and it mortified me, but I, I found an import. You've seen it as an adult? I own it, I own it on DVD. I've seen clips of this. Because I am obsessed with it. And I have watched that almost, the only other movie I was going to say is the only other cartoon movie I may have seen more. But I'm going to say that because to this day, when Jenny's gone and I'm hanging out at home, I will go downstairs and watch that because it just it blows me away that this was intended for children. All right, now we got to watch that because I like, I like shit that creeps you out that maybe wasn't intended to creep you out. Yeah. You know, <laughs> There's a lot didn't, of those from the 80s. <laughs> horror movies didn't scare me when I was a kid. What scared me was like Pee Wee Herman's uh, Playhouse. You know? yeah. I honestly... I kind of don't believe that that wasn't intended to fuck with kids. Um, it was creepy as fuck. Yeah, it's absolutely. fucking terrifying. It's so creepy. I gotta say, like, I've been racking my brain for the last minute or two here, and I could try and be clever and say that I've got all sorts of, like, Watership Down and all sorts of weird shit that creeped me out, which, oh, like, legitimately, I know, horrible. Um, but as far as, like, the one I appreciate and like the most, and that is probably going to stand the test of time for me for the longest amount of time... Moana slaps, dude. Absolutely, I am here. So for So fucking good. Yep. Like the so. Okay, to be fair, I was postpartum, but when we were watching this movie, when Juniper was about uh, I don't know, like a year ish old. When Shout out to friend of the podcast, Juniper Jones. Juniper Jones Carlson, she is awesome. Um, when she, when we first started watching this with her, you know, it went way over her head. Me and Justin are both just like, <laughs> her grandmother is there with her. <laughs> 
And she finds the heart and she goes right away. I haven't seen it. What? Oh my god. Pod fight. Spoiler alert. What? We're doing I'm doing a takeover episode. I've seen I'm doing a takeover episode where I give you the synopsis of Moana and you react to it. Oh my god, I'm not gonna rob you of these totally seeing Moana. No, I'm not I'm especially proud of myself now because I haven't seen a lot of like modern Disney movies, but I've seen Moana. Hey, yeah. look at you. Well, just fine then. There, you know what? Me. No, right. seriously though, like we should have a Disney night because there is a handful of recent Disney movies. Moana, Coco is yeah. excellent. Oh, so yeah. good. I do um, love Coco. Oh, so Coco's good, fantastic. so good. And I just love, ugh, they just gut me. Just yeah. the family element and the be yourself and I love you like unequivocally. And, and The Rock. And The Rock? And the Rock. <laughs> Our, our good friend Dwayne. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We've, we've known him for long enough. We don't we call him the rock. private reserve yeah. tequila he's, on an episode. He's Dwayne J. All right, hang on. <laughs> no, we have no idea. Okay, thank you. Jesus Christ. Ben has such a <laughs> that's actually, that's, wealth of ridiculous <laughs> stories and celebrities that he knows that I cannot. Every single thing that comes out of Ben's mouth. I swear to God, Ben, this rock. is a fact. Everything that comes out of your mouth, I'm like. That could be true. I feel like that's true. <laughs> but also it may, that, but may yeah, not be true because. Because it seems very unlikely. It, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. No, we just had somebody that brought the rocks find tequila, out. and we were pretending that we all knew him and that he had sent it to us. It's it's all bullshit. We're going to find out after Ben dies that he has Munch, Munchauser by social, yes, yes. and he just lies about everything. everything. <laughs> I'll keep you all sick. Up and I'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> What's up, BQ? At the funeral, he'll be like, I really miss Ben. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. We'll just be sitting there with our jaws on the floor. Yeah, I mean, really we can scrape together enough money <laughs> and hire him to come to Ben's funeral. But yes. first, we have to plan Ben's funeral. Oh God, that would be amazing! I should do that. I should. I should have like booked four hundred days a year. I, <laughs> you right. can't pay him to do anything. I'm gonna since I for sure will be the first one to die in this group. I will. I will put in my will <laughs> that we have to hire like three random celebrities that nobody can acknowledge, but you guys will all know. Nobody can acknowledge <laughs> them. Yeah. So, like the people going to your funeral have to get like a, a briefing before they go. Oh, no, 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 just. Just you guys can't acknowledge this. Everybody else can. But, like, I want you to be like, holy fuck, did, is Ethan Hawke really here or did we pay him? And be like, nobody knows. Why is Ethan mm. Hawke the first person you thought of? Why is Ethan Hawke the first person you thought of? I had a is weird discussion. I, no, no, it's before sunrise. This episode's not going to be. I had a discussion with a friend. Die in like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, we laughed a lot about that. <laughs> no, there. I uh, somebody we were. I was texting with a buddy of mine in California, and he was asking about. He was talking about a movie that made him super emotional because he loved it when he was in college. And I was like, Oh, before sunrise. He was like, What? I'm like, Oh, uh, yeah. I'm a huge Richard Linkletter's trio. The before sunrise, before midnight, and before something else. Like they're. It's all Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy talking to each other. It's fantastic. Anyway, sorry. Animated movies. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh. Yes. That's a good one. I want George Clooney to talk to me forever. Mm-hmm. I love his voice. Me too. Like, I also just like really fucking love foxes. Yeah. And I love me Wes too. Anderson. No, so like, I'm so also. like... I love Wes Anderson. Like, yeah. It's, it's such a... You know what I love about Wes Anderson is that, like, most movies make the director disappear. Like, you don't know that you're watching a film if you're super engrossed in a movie. But if you're super engrossed in Wes Anderson, you're like, oh, that was clever, Wes Anderson. I see what you <gasps> yeah, did there. Yeah, I like that. Like, And you mentioned Benicio Del Toro a minute ago. I was ago. talking about Guillermo Del Toro. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Fucking names. Sorry. <laughs> there are only two Del Toros in the world. Oh, like, <laughs> can, can we just take a moment and think about how amazing... Well, Del Toro. How amazing Pan's Labyrinth would be if Gear if, if Benicio del Toro was the, the lead character. In this. 
Or if he, well, yeah, if he was high on coke and yeah. directed it. <laughs> Even better. Right. Mitch McConnell um, might not be in it. To that can point, I just tell you? Guillermo del Toro is also one where you watch it and he's left his imprint all over it. But yes, yeah, go on. Yeah. Do you do you follow accidentally Wes Anderson on Instagram? Yes, I fucking do. It's my favorite it. Instagram account. <laughs> it's like people taking pictures of random places Symmetry. that they are, and it looks like it came out of a Wes Anderson yeah. film. Oh, okay. And it's just like because Wes Anderson looks very flat and theatrical. It's like you're looking at it on a stage mm-hmm. and just like the colors in it. It's, yeah, I'm obsessed with it. I, I when like literally when I'm having a shitty day and I get back in my car, I that's one of my bright spots i will go to that and look through like five pictures and i'm like okay there's color in the world everything will be okay we'll figure it out i I love that (laughs) now i want to watch fantastic mr fox right though but also i'm thinking of like nostalgia from like the early 90s and i'm thinking of like the gargoyles animated film (gasps) that i loved as a kid and also Mm. the last unicorn (gasps) we just watched that randomly with juniper because i bet she was scared out of her fucking mind yeah that was a mistake (laughs) <laughs> that was maybe something I should have watched without her first, but I didn't. <laughs> she was fine. She was okay. It's fine. She'll be fine. Great. Never brought it up again, so. <laughs> Next. Never brought it up again. It was two days ago. Charles. <laughs> uh, my choice is Princess Mononoke. Fuck yes. Yeah. Oh, why didn't I even think? Uh, I'm a, I guess. Yeah, it bridges the gap between, you know, sort of modern... Uh, recognized American Disney or like Pixar because Disney owns Studio Ghibli now. Uh, I'm obsessed with Studio Wait, Ghibli. I watched a lot of anime Disney when I was a kid. Disney everything. Yeah, yeah. Disney, Disney bought Studio Ghibli quite some time ago. Now, mm-hmm. Like 12 years ago. Um, and l- let's be fair, uh, Miyazaki is no longer really involved. He's retired, which is good for him because he kept fake retiring like fucking Brett Favre. Jay-Z. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's and, funny that uh, you say Brett Favre uh, because Brett I'm from Favre. Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but M- Princess Mononoke, it seems like the more time passes, the more relevant it is. Mm-hmm. When it came out, it had some relevance, but now with climate change and um, also the the notion of the various species in the movie trying to find a solution to this massive problem but not being able to find common ground because of selfishness, mm-hmm. and that is like the disease in the film. I, I won't go too far for anyone who hasn't seen it. Yeah, Mind blowing if no one's fucking. Seen, oh my god, you seen? Yeah, can <laughs> I just implore everyone listening to go? It's, like, I, I knew, I, I had a feeling that Charles was going to say that, so I asked him before you guys got here. I just wanted to make sure because that movie also, I, that's the only animated movie that I've like absolutely cried at because mm-hmm. it's just so fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I, 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 please just watch it. It's yeah, not, it's, it's not a kid's moving. movie. It's a beautiful film. Yep. Yeah, it's that would be up there. That's my favorite Studio Ghibli movie. I think Spirited Away would be second mm. to that. And then I think a close like one A, one B, one B would be Akira. But I didn't even want to talk about that on the podcast because it's so fucking weird. It's hard to explain. <laughs> but here you are <laughs> talking about that's it, it on that's the, the fucking podcast. <laughs> That's it. A little half sentence bite. <laughs> well, then I'm going to say my one B was Transformers, the no, original you can movie. Say it. That was the original sure. movie. The original <laughs> one with Stan Bush's "You Got the Touch" mm-hmm. with Hot Rod opening the Power Matrix <laughs> to become. Yeah, dude. I, I, there. I've, I have seen that movie an unforgivable amount of times as an adult, and I still love it. I haven't seen that since I was probably 13 years it, old. It's still amazing. I should though, because the Transformers movies, uh, modern day Transformers movies, are. The worst the movies worst. ever made. Yep. Transformers Two is the worst movie ever made. Yep. Don't 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 DM me. Don't. I'm really sorry. You can send me hate mail. It's okay. I just won't reply. 
How dare you screw up my childhood toys with your cinematic blundering? Yeah, with your uh, racist robots yeah. and like the ball sack robots. Jesus like, Christ! I watched past the yeah. first one because the first one sucked Fuck. so hard. I was like, this is just an excuse for Megan Fox to look hot and for yeah. people to blow shit up. I'm so just... then they were like, how could we get worse? So then they made the guy who could play audio uh, have like a really thick white guy pretending that he's black patois. It's it's oh, and oh there's, a, there's an awful line too in the movie. I will tell you what it is, just so you know how fucking terrible that movie is. If you haven't seen it, but they have these tomes with like foreign language on it, and the, there's a guy like a scientist talking to those two robots. The it's the cassette tape yep. guys, right? And he says like, "Hey guys, what does this say?" And one of them is like. Man, I can't read. I was like, dude, are you fucking kidding? Yeah, like, it's, why it's, is this in the movie? It's the fucking worst. Awful. So I need movie. another shot right about yes. right now. Yes. <laughs> I was like 20 minutes in. I was like, I cannot no. watch the rest of this fucking no. shit show. Fuck Michael Bay. Cheers to that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Staying away from favorites. I just. Thank you. Answering this right now. <laughs> What is a performance that you've seen live that you would give anything to be able to see that exact performance again? Or what is a performance that you didn't see that you obviously can't see now that you would give anything to go back and be able to see? To qualify that, would it be something like you had an opportunity to see and you just were unable to do it? Maybe, or you just, you may not have been into the, the performance, the genre, the artist at the time. Oh, um, and then. You know, it didn't sure. come to Minneapolis. It was in a different city. Interpretive. Fair. I'll start. And yeah. I'll just, I'll take this the opera route because it's so hard for me to enjoy opera, which sounds weird as an opera singer, mm-hmm. but like, it's so hard to sit there and watch it and be engrossed in the experience when I'm thinking like, oh, I know that person and I know they can sing that better. And like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like it's, it's so hard not to think shop. And the one opera that I have seen recently that I just forgot all of that was Silent Night. Mm. which is a modern opera with a libretto by Mark Campbell, um, who's a very well-known librettist these days. He's lovely. But um, it's based on the film that is based on, like, the story of the Christmas truce of 1914 in World War I. And it is written in several different languages, and you see all of these soldiers, like, in the trenches. And it's just, it's a super touching story, and you really, like love these characters and, and, and love what, what it is that they go through and that you know at the very end like it's not going to be a happy ending for mm. them. They are all marching off to the front lines. They're marching off to their deaths. And it was an incredibly moving experience. It's like silent in here and everybody's eyes are on me and I'm a yeah. little bit nervous talking <laughs> about this. But like I, I don't... I, I, I am like... If I go like above a seven emotionally, I'm in tears. And that never happens for me in opera, but that is one where it happened. Like my husband and I just like drove home in silence sure. after because it was so fucking good. That moment is also, I love that. it's so special whenever anything revolves around that because that's the last time that that happened on our planet. After that, there were no more like holiday uh, ceasefires. There weren't like from then on, it was, it was all battle. And that is, like I've I've tried to read every book that I've ever found about soldiers that experienced that because I couldn't fathom the fact that like three days ago a million people died 
and today we're all just going to hang out and get drunk and sing songs to each other. And tomorrow we're going to and tomorrow with we're, each other. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And it's, there are yeah. there are like key characters in this opera that you really just you fall in love with their story and there's one who like makes friends with the other side and is going to like sneak across their lines to go meet his mother for coffee oh. and one of his own soldiers shoots him. Oh. I know, I know. So somebody else has to go now because yeah. I've totally brought the, the mood down no. to about a two. Just fucking eat the rich. Like, poor people being used as pawns in rich people's wars is just so fucking tired and thousands of years old and I'm just over it. I also, eat the rich is like the tagline eat of our podcast. <laughs> Drink wine, eat the rich. It's okay to bring it down. On this podcast, we like to be uh, like qualm sleep patterns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've all been at the bar hanging out with friends and somebody says some real downer yeah, shit, I mean, but then you're like, like, hey. Four shots of whiskey. We're it's here. It's time to get sad. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay to, to, to plumb those doubts, man. That's I, no, that's good, though, because yeah. I love that feeling yeah. when you see something that's like so moving on uh, an emotional level where it, it brings you down that you have like a quiet ride home. It's way better than a fucking quiet ride home because you like embarrass yourself in front of the in-laws exactly. or some shit. Because I've had a lot of those. Yeah, but like for art, like if, if it's for art, that's like, that doesn't happen a lot, yeah. right? You could probably mm-hmm. count on one hand the number of times that that's happened to you. I'm just guessing. Four. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's big. And, and for me, I, I like to feel the range of emotions. You know, you're talking about like comedy and tragedy. Yeah. I, one of the reasons I like the music that I like, the metal and stuff and, and sometimes depressing music you like some depressing sad music sad porn I love sad sometimes porn sometimes you want to feel oh, yeah. that you want to yeah. feel you, something you need somewhere to put it yep. I sure. read something recently um, that basically and you know it's like you need somewhere to put it pop, <laughs> I'll tell you where to put it um, like, it's probably pop psychology but I'm sure it's based on like some <laughs> study with a terrible sample size or something um, but basically it's like people with anxiety and or depression because they hold hands um, tend to like horror movies and it's because it gives you someplace tangible to put those feelings mm-hmm. that are otherwise just like firing off in all directions for Makes no goddamn reason. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that, yep, yeah, that tracks for me. I find intense comfort in knowing that other people have felt the way that I felt. And I mean that about happiness. Mm-hmm. I mean that about sadness. Mm-hmm. I mean that about shock. Mm-hmm. Like I love rolling around in a feeling. It yeah. is my favorite thing yeah. ever. Yeah. I I mean, like for me, sometimes I I have a day where I'm on the edge of uh, like adrenaline crying. Like I'm just like so full of energy and I'm like, I need something to make me cry. My weird thing. And again, hey, therapy. I I don't I, I am. I do not cry in front of other people. But sometimes like I know that like I need to something's got to make like a, a tear roll down my cheek and I just get real fucking like pumped up. It's, it very much feels like adrenaline. Like mm-hmm. I'm just shaking and something is going to make it happen. I'm ready mm-hmm. to burst. And then I kind of find uh, myself like an experience. You mm-hmm. know? It's like Christerbating. You know? <laughs> I love that. Like, Christerbating is a great term. I need, I need better signals for myself you know? when that's what needs to happen. I was recently diagnosed with bipolar 2, which has been really interesting to, like, (laughs) when you get a diagnosis like that, you kind of look back on the entirety of the rest of your life and go, huh, (laughs) (laughs) what was that? Was that me or was that manic? I don't know. Let's uh, just continue forward and find out. Um, And I'm starting to notice, like, patterns of when am I down, when am I up, when am I really up, and what does that look like? And sometimes it looks like extreme productivity, and just a flight of ideas, 
overconfidence that I can follow through on those ideas. And sometimes it's anger and just getting like really fucking angry about something. And it's totally irrational. And I wish I, 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 a goal for myself because I'm only six months or so into this diagnosis or knowing that I have it rather. Um, I, I hope that I can start to really hone in on the patterns yeah. that I have yep. so that I can find the moments when I'm like, oh, I need to Christurbate. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, we need to make that word catch on. I feel like that would be helpful. That was, <laughs> there's our shirt of the week. Yeah, shirt of the week. That would not disturb anybody at a bar. Hang on, guys. I'm just going to go Christurbate real quick. It'll be 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, I mean, what you were saying about the patterns, that was uh, ADHD at 22. Mm. I... I I had just been told that I was a class clown or an asshole or any number of different mm. words. And then as soon as I read a book, like he literally gave me a book because it was up to me whether or not I wanted to take drugs for it. And I said, I didn't. Uh, and he actually agreed with me. Uh, and I read this book front to back and it was so many things that I didn't understand. I used to rip the tags off of all of my clothing cause it bothered the fuck out of me. That is a very normal and very, very, uh, trademark trait of people with ADHD yeah. that just something brush, yeah it, all that sure. kind of shit mm-hmm. so it's I love that you're seeing it and I'm glad that that you can work through that yeah, yeah. but what would you go see again oh fuck <laughs> okay or Charles do or you... what did you miss yeah no I can yeah please. yeah if you don't mind go um, please I think my my actual answer and then because there's two halves to yep. it the first half for me would be something that didn't happen that I wish happened. Mm. Uh, I missed going to rage. Like we talked about this on the show before. I missed going to rage when they last were here seven mm-hmm. years ago, eight years ago. No, it was a long time ago. 2008. It's 13 Holy years ago. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. Uh, my, my buddy, Mike, who passed away last year, I missed going to that show with him and my brother. And then he and I were supposed to go when they were here last summer and, concert got canceled and he tragically passed away so I'll never see rage with him I hope I get to see rage so that's that part but it's the interconnection is that it's also has to do with Mike River's Edge the concert that was mm-hmm. here uh, the two-day concert in St. Paul Minnesota in 2012 is the first and only time that I saw Tool perform outdoors Tool is I have a triumvirate of favorite bands Tool is one of them and seeing them outdoors was incredible like i've i've never experienced that. i've seen them indoors i don't know 19 times and then the one mm-hmm. 20th time i saw them or among that 20 i saw them outdoors the one time at this really cool concert uh with one of my best friends and our friend mafu who flew in from california to hang out with us and it was just a great day we yeah were, like way too drunk mike like fell asleep against a pole like in the middle of the concert and we went to Mickey's Diner after. Oh, yes, Mickey. Ordered <laughs> so good. Ordered like everything on the menu because Mafu had never been to Minnesota, and so we were just like, "You gotta it. get Let's it. order everything: yeah. fries and <laughs> burgers and chicken and shakes." Mm-hmm. And so we just the whole gamut. And that's the last time I was there. I just I haven't been there since. Wild, but it's just like a great, just such a fantastic day, and being able to see my favorite band live, and also. If I could experience it again, I would be experiencing it with my friend who I lost. Of so yeah. that's important to me as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's my that's beautiful, man. Yeah. yeah. Do you know but, what you say? Yeah, I I'm going in a lot of different directions with this. I'm I'm a theater person, and so I've seen you know a reasonable number of things. Not a, not a ton because eat the rich, it's elitist. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay a fuck ton of money to see original casts and shit. Um, but you know, like I I was really lucky in high school. We took a trip to New York. 
And we saw the original Broadway cast of Wicked, um, saw a touring cast of Book of Mormon, saw a touring cast of Waitress. Reason, book of, if you're a person listening to this show and you're like, musical, they're stupid, but also I like South Park, fuck you, go yeah. look up Book of Mormon, get yourself some goddamn <laughs> tickets, yeah. it's amazing. Also, my best friend who's Mormon thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the perfect kind of commentary. It's like yeah. how we shit all over, I'm not actually Catholic, but we shit all over Catholicism on our podcast because we were both raised Catholic. Anywho, um, I have any number of things from my past that I look back and go, that was really cool and nostalgia and time travel and the possibilities therein make me want to go back and see these things. But I had an experience yesterday that I wish I could put in a bottle. Oh, I love that. I love that feeling. I went to, so I'm, so I'm prepping with a singer for a short film, uh, like, like five minutes short of a song called song cycle I guess called sentiment and it's um it's opera it's uh, an epilogue and then it's a movement called joy a movement called sorrow a movement called anger a movement called remorse and then a sorry the epilogue the prologue mm-hmm. is at the beginning and essentially it just kind of you, you set it up where this this character is introducing herself to you and you're getting this veneer you're getting the person that she shows to the world and then we all of a sudden are like zoomed in and it's this is who she what she's really thinking this is what she's feeling I identify with it so hard because it's all over the board and I'm like, it's me. (laughs) Um, But that, all that aside, this singer opened her mouth. I was in her living room and we were just having a casual, let's talk character and like you sing and I'll give you direction. And she started singing and it was maybe like three seconds and I was just weeping because it was the first time I've been in the same room as a person using their instrument and making sound and making art and feeling things in over a year and it just smacked me in the face mm-hmm. like i really didn't see that coming yeah, it just absolutely, absolutely mm-hmm. smacked me in the face and i then we i was like okay i'm sorry i need you to start over because i can't even think and she started <laughs> over and then it happened again and then it happened like two more times <laughs> it was intense and it was really gorgeous and of course, I don't, you know, want to live through a pandemic again to experience the deprivation of, yeah. of that and, and then feel the, oh, yay, I get it back again. But right. wow, you just, you know, our generation is not going to take a lot of things for granted yeah. after this. Have you guys seen live music since the pandemic started? My, so my mom's neighbor is a, a pretty talented musician and has like a big band band in last summer. I think it was August. I'm trying to remember when it was. Just coincidentally, we were at my mom's house for like a little barbecue on the deck, and they were out doing a Facebook Live stream, literally right there, 10 feet away from us. And I just remember that was, it just felt like such a big deal to Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. Whereas ordinarily, in a normal summer, it would have just been cool. Like, oh shit, I'm grilling some steaks and this this band is playing and it would have been like cool like look at haha i'm grilling and i got a band playing Mm -hmm. playing me as i fucking flip the steak over and now it's profound yeah it was we all kind of just froze and set up our seats and faced them and it was it was a really big deal and yeah you you just wouldn't you wouldn't you'd never imagine that feeling as profound as it did at the time Uh but that, that would be my one experience 
other than uh, Brett Splinter playing the piano here. <laughs> like when we were drunk after the episode a couple of weeks ago. Do you guys have a piano tuner? It. Because octave five is going a little bit out in the middle. <laughs> he, did his, he did his finest. I think I think the piano's drunk, and also the guests are drunk. So hey, the piano's been drinking is one of my favorite Tom Waits songs. I feel like that's oh, spot shit. the uh, fuck on. Okay. Fucking love Tom Waits. Cool. So good. Hold on, this is a tangent. Have you ever seen the movie? It's one of my favorite movies of all time, The Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. Absolutely. Yes. Tom Waits is the devil. It's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a uh, Martin McDonough is my favorite playwright of all time, and he also has written a, f- a number of movies. And he wrote a movie called The Seven Psychopaths. And Tom Waits plays a character that gets one of the best story arcs I've ever seen in a movie. And I, there's, it's one of those moments where like there's no one er- on earth that could have played that role. Like it was written it was for Tom made, Waits. Yeah, it was made for him. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. And Every time I watch that movie, I just roll a fucking round in everything about it. It's so good. Oh, my God. It's Hold so on. good. Hold on. What it's called? Cause what, what it's called? What, <laughs> what it's, it's called? called? What it's called? The Seven Psychopaths. I'm texting this to my husband because he's uh, like Tom Waits' biggest fan. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Colin Farrell yes. and Sam Rockwell and Christopher Walken are the leads. Some good. It's okay. unbelievable. It's nice I know what I'm doing tomorrow yeah. night. But oh. does it, yes. All right. This is a question we ask on our podcast. Does it pass the Bechdel test? Uh, specifically, no, because of why, y- if you watch the, the whole plot, is that these are all awful men who oh. can't figure out why things are, like, it, it goes sideways. I can get behind that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the entire, like, Martin McDonough is so it's brilliant to me. not an ironic title. Yeah. <laughs> Martin McDonough is so brilliant to me because he, he puts this perfect amount of, like, humor and sarcasm into really dark shit. Yeah. And that movie is about these fucking broken men who don't understand how fucking broken they are and they're all fighting each other about who's more fucked up and it just it's the anti-bestial test I y- yes it. yep i can dig it but it's with him like high-fiving the bestial test saying this is this is yep. why this shit sucks i i, yep, I yep, 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 yeah yep. i'll go on but also again. as of right now this podcast passes the de- bestial test so congratulations what the fuck is a bestial test Okay, so there is a uh, lesbian cartoonist named Alison Bechtel. Uh, lesbian? I don't know. That's 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 probably true. Things are things are so expansive <laughs> these days with regard to gender and sexuality. Sure. This is a queer woman. Yes. Queer person. <laughs> there we go. Either way, a uh, cartoonist, uh, and she does. They do. I'm not sure. Uh, there's this comic book, and it's called Fun Home, and a musical was later made of it, which is mm-hmm. excellent. Okay. Um, Featuring Judy Kuhn, who voiced Pocahontas yep. back in the day, uh, but uh, this comic is about her life. It's it's a graphic novel. It's not a comic. It's a graphic novel. Okay. And she grew up discovering that she was a lesbian in like the seventies, and her dad was closeted the whole time, and there was a lot of tumult there. He, you know, had outbursts in ways that someone who is repressing themselves does. But she came up with, and I think it's featured in the graphic novel, but she came up with like a list of questions to ask about books, movies, stories generally, uh, the way that Hollywood or or the the larger media presents them to us, and to hold things to a standard. Mm -hmm. And we try to, like we've talked about having like a pew, pew, pew alarm on our podcast every time we find an offer that passes this test. Basically the questions are, in this story, are there more than one woman do they talk to each other about something other than a man? 
So oh, it's four questions. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the bar is fucking low. It's super low. And you'd be surprised. I Quick, think know. of a movie I, that I, passes I the special think, test. Yes. I don't think it's I would nuts. be that surprised. It's bonkers, you Listen, guys. as a brown man, when I watch a lot of mm-hmm. movies that were made even like pre-fucking like 1996, yeah. it's shocking how few even just like brown guys just walk or women just walk into the scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is so many fucking movies where it's just that even just never occurs. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I watched High Fidelity with Marnie like two months ago. It's just all white people and it's just all about this white man's anger mm-hmm. about women not oh, loving him. White male rage. That's <laughs> like, holy shit. I'm, I used to love this and now I'm watching it like, fuck <laughs> you, dude. <laughs> now that That's, you know what you that know. That book is one of my favorite books and I have such a tough time because I don't know if I believe that Nick Horn, like, because I can view it through it reminds me so much of myself because I didn't understand why I wasn't good at relationships on the show. Yeah. And like, I don't, I don't know if I believe that Nick Hornby wrote it as like a way for dudes like me to understand how fucked up our thinking was. I, I kind of think that maybe he just maybe he stumbled upon it. Well, no, maybe he just really felt like that was a protagonist. And I, yeah, yeah. No, I have I to, think so I have too. to view I it angrily. So and the movie Ouch. is way worse. The movie mm-hmm. is way more po- problematic. Oh yeah, There's it's a not lot a cautionary more, tale. Yeah. Like I think when I was younger, I looked at it like, wow, this guy fucked everything up. Maybe he could have gone about things differently. But watching it again, like two months ago, mm-hmm. I was like, no, it's it's a movie about a guy who's a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. It's ugh, ugh. There's so many movies that are just about guys that are oh, fucking like the yeah, asshole. Like, the, the protagonist is the asshole, and you're supposed to root for him. Yeah. Like yeah. Groundhog's Day. Oh I'm God. sorry, yeah. friends, but I saw that for the first time as like a 28 year old, and I was like, oh, he's just an asshole. He's yeah, a and not even to an anti-hero. Not even an it, anti-hero where dude. it's like ironic, like Dexter, yeah. where you're like, yeah, you suck, but you're uh, doing this. It thing takes him a thousand tries good. to just not be a piece of shit. Like <laughs> the bar is set. <laughs> The bar is set so fucking low. That is like Groundhog the new Day? movie jacket description yeah. for Groundhog Day. That's it. <laughs> Groundhog Day. It. it takes Bill Murray a thousand times to not be a piece of shit. There was a. There was and he's like just kind of not a piece of. He's that, he doesn't turn into a great guy. He's just like, he just, he's just like kind of less of a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. But that's the lesson for white men. Just be marginally better yeah. and somebody will love you. There was a period where rom-coms like a two three year period i don't remember the exact time but I really wish there was, did. There was heart heartbreak kid the oh, ben, yeah. ben stiller movie yeah holy fuck what a problematic <laughs> so movie bad. he ditches his wife who is ill like locks her in their hotel room on their honeymoon this is a so that he can romance yeah. another woman on the beach yeah. like you're on your honeymoon and she never they never like demonize her anyway yeah. like that she cheated on him or anything like that where you'd be like well go get her ben yeah. <laughs> just he like leaves her locked That's in so their hotel. She's covered in hives, and romances another woman on the beach. I'm like, how is this a movie? Why? Why should I root for this? There's quotes, protagonist when he's clearly being a shitbag. There's a, a Ben Fold Sandra Bullock movie. Where, ben Folds? Or, sorry, Ben Folds. Sorry, Ben Folds was randomly in a movie that I saw today. And I was like, holy fuck, that's Ben Folds. What movie? It was, uh, ben Affleck is, or, sorry, it was Community, the show Community. It yes, was, the show Community. Yeah. I love that you pointed at me for that. Like, ben you Folds. look so like somebody no, no. who's seen Community. I, I felt like we that would be a thing. I don't know. Ben Folds. Uh, but no, okay. uh, it's Ben Affleck, Sandra Bullock called Forces of Nature. Yep. Where, uh, like, their plane crashes or gets grounded, and then he has to get home for his fucking wedding. Yeah. And the entire time, 
he's like trying to have sex with Sandra Bullock and she's like kind of indie chick. Oh, she's, she's edgy. She's, she's edgy. She has questionable morals and, and she's super hot. And, the, like, oh, and every, time, every time his fiance, who's like getting ready for the wedding, is calling trying to figure out where the fuck he is. She's like going down on him. And he well and he's like annoyed. He's like, "Oh, this fucking bitch. Are you serious? Like the wedding's tomorrow, you god. piece of shit." Like Oh my uh, god. Anyway, can I, so many toxic? 90s movies where it's like a bachelor party and the guy's like, "Got to avoid this obstacle course of getting laid." Yeah. Dude, I <laughs> one okay. last time before is I get the, married. Is, is the movie The Bachelor or like Bachelor Party the one with like Ed Helms and Bachelor Party was... Oh, um, um, what's ba- it called? Oh, yeah. no, I, The Hangover? The Hangover, yes. Yeah. That movie, straight up, sober <laughs> as a fucking nun, gave me a panic attack because so I bad. was so agitated by <laughs> the ridiculosity and the misogyny and the like utter recklessness of these white male characters that are just like, hey, let's just go around and fuck a bunch of shit up and it doesn't matter. And I lost a tooth, and all the money's gone. And I'm gonna get married tomorrow. Oh my Doesn't God. matter. She loves me. Oh my God. I have an, I have an analogous to real life. Though. I have an off. I have an off mic story. I have to tell you about that movie. But but Ben Quam still has not answered this question. Okay. So uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this thrice. Uh, oh no. No, we're gonna go quick. Uh, a moment I wish I could get back. Huh. An actual moment was uh, at um, the last time that I saw Frightened Rabbit, who we've talked about on this podcast before. Um, They have a song called Keep Yourself Warm, which is an anthem that literally in the chorus has, it takes more than fucking someone to keep yourself warm. That is literally the chorus of this like building, building anthem song. And I brought a friend of mine with who had never heard the band, and he used to book music for the Abbey in Chicago. He's seen thousands of bands. And he's my height. We're standing side by side. He's 6'4", I'm 6'5". And he's very stoic. And as it got to the chorus, he just leaned over to me and he goes, did he just say it takes more than fucking someone to keep yourself warm? I go, yeah. And he goes, man, that's great. It is. That's the, that's the only thing we said to each other the entire show. And I, I would give anything to have that moment back because it was fucking, it was just a perfect performance of it like everything was so great and that that's what dan chose to say i feel like that's what i would have said because when you first said that i was like huh oh yeah (laughs) it's uh it's oh god that fucking that whole song is just fucking genius but um it occurred to me on my way here that uh that today uh is five years since we lost prince and um I, I'm going to try and say this without getting emotional, but yesterday of, was five years since we lost Prince. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. Magic. Yeah, ta-da. Uh, when you're listening to this, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I have been really fortunate. I've been blessed to have had a lot of really cool Paisley Park experiences. I've had a lot of cool Prince experiences, and it's because I have a friend who has been on the show before, Dudley D, who was a DJ for 19 years. I, I understand how lucky I am. And because of the time that Prince would usually go on stage, two, three, four in the morning, my wife could never come. It was always on a weeknight. She had to work. Like, it just wasn't going to work. And I kept trying to figure out ways to get her there. And um, he announced his one piano, one microphone tour. And I just happened to be at work. I pulled my phone out, and I was looking at Twitter and uh, the Third Eye Girl band had announced that those tickets were going on sale. I opened my computer, and I bought two tickets. Mm-hmm. 
the entire show sold out in 90 seconds. Yeah. I, I just happened to get those tickets at that exact time. I told Jenny, I don't care. You have to come. You just have to come see this. And we walked in and Dudley and Sydney were there and we got kind of ushered into like a raised up area with couches so we could really kind of see everything with the going rock, on yeah. with, mm-hmm. with, with our friend Wayne mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and Prince came out and Jenny, when he walked out, Jenny leaned over to me and she goes, he does not look good. Like he looks really skinny. And I had one, when, when was this then? Th- this in... was, uh, this was three months before he died. Oh shit. Okay. So, but we had wow. no idea at the time and I, he was wearing silk pajamas. So like I had never seen him without like shoulder pads and everything. So mm-hmm. I didn't know. I, maybe he had just, is that skinny? And it was, it was the most open and vulnerable performance that I've ever seen from him. And uh, my all-time favorite cover of any song ever is his version of Joni Mitchell's A Case of You. And he hit that minor chord on the piano, and I shrieked. I went, oh! And everyone looked at me, and I was like, oh! Like security was looking at me and shit. And I'm like, um... Did the, rock, sorry, did the rock grab your shoulder? Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey man, go he was go. like, we all, we all smell what he's cooking. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and he played A Case of You by himself on the piano. And I just kept grabbing her hand. And I'm like, I know this doesn't mean anything to you, but this means everything to me. And I have you here. Mm-hmm. And we had no idea that he was going to die oh a few months later. Yeah. And if I could see that moment again, and if I could have her next to me, and if I could hold her hands, like, I would give anything to have that moment because it was so fucking beautiful and it was I didn't realize how fragile it was mm-hmm. you know like we went out for drinks afterwards because it was like holy shit fucking Prince woo yeah let's have fun you don't you don't really understand and my my show that I wish I could have seen that I didn't uh, is the same thing uh, I had tickets to see Bill Withers at Carnegie Hall in New York City and uh, my boss wouldn't let me have the time off and I couldn't afford to not rich. eat the rich. I couldn't afford to not have a job. Oh. And uh, I tried selling them, and they didn't even get bought. Oh, Fuck. shit. So that's... there were two open seats <sighs> at Bill Withers at Carnegie yeah. Hall. At that point, you just call in sick. <laughs> yeah. Here's, a, here's yeah. a good one real quick. I worked with Sociable Cider Works when Charles Bradley performed, oh. and I, I couldn't go. Oh my I could have, but I didn't. And that's so amazing. He, he fucking yeah. passed away like six months later. Yeah. I, yeah, that was his last big show. I got to jump on that because so, so my dad and I, our birthdays are a week apart and every year we see a concert together for our birthdays or we typically do now that we live far apart and it's COVID and whatnot. But we saw one of Tom Petty's last concerts oh, man. and we were sitting in a place where like they were bad seats, quote unquote, because it was a little bit behind the stage. But everybody back there is like passing joints around and like singing along, and we see Tom Petty like step off and like just like take a drag. So we're like taking yeah. drags mm. with Tom Petty, yes, kind of, you know yeah. what I mean? And just singing along and <laughs> having a so good fucking, fucking time. Yeah. And then he died like five months later. Ugh. It's Damn. it's just uh, it's just it makes the reverberations backwards. It makes those echoes so much louder and so much yeah. more important, you know? Yeah. Would and, you, so let me ask, yeah. would you see this Prince concert knowing that he yep. was going to die? Is it like that piece of it that would make it even more meaningful mm, to no, you? Just, or would you see it not knowing he was going to die again? Would you That's really I didn't the question. exact same moment? Honestly, because you said that you were kind of blind to the fact that he was ill. Yeah. I might have colored it for you. Absolutely. But I will say that I never thought I would get to hear him play that song. Mm. Like Joni Mitchell's such version of that song, song is such a great song, and that's it's meant so much to me it's my whole life. It's one of the only songs I've ever bothered to learn how to play on the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's one of the few artists that my mom and my dad had in common, yeah. and so growing up in split households, like 
I got it from both sides. Oh, yeah. Weird Joni Mitchell pun. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I, I, when Prince put that, I, I didn't even, it had been out for 10 years before I heard his cover of it. And I just never thought, like, why would he, he's so famous for just doing a thing and then moving on to the next mm. thing. I never thought I would be able to hear that song, especially not at a show where he was talking about, like, showing the scales that his dad taught him on the piano when he was a small child. Like, I had never heard him talk about his dad before, and he was going so in-depth with that. And he, was, he did a, a ballad version of Little Red Corvette. It was wild. And... And then he, like, literally, he hit that opening chord, and I think I was the only person in the room that even understood what was going to happen. And I would give anything to have that moment again. And then realizing how fragile that was, like, what a a small snowflake melting on your hand it was, Mm. like, that made it even better. But even if that hadn't happened, if Prince was still alive right now, I think I would still say that that was a moment I would love to have back because it was the first time that I got to involve my life in my passion. Yeah. Like Jenny had never been able to see something that meant so much to me and getting to share that was so fucking incredible for me. And now looking at how close we came to her never fucking seeing Prince yeah. like that, that, that would have killed me. Yeah. And so the fact yeah. that, that we got to have that was, that was is wild. really amazing. Those moments of profundity mm. are so much more rare than I think we give them credit for and to yeah. be able to experience them at a similar level with the person who is like your person. Yeah. It's just like, uh, I feel like a once in a lifetime kind of experience. That's really amazing. I think the further along we get to as a society with like technological constraints and needing uh, instant gratification, it's increasingly important to say, live in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like if you put a little note in your, in your wallet or your purse, something to like remind yourself of every day, that's, that's something that I think is increasingly important to remind yourself to live in the moment. I saw something recently in an interview with a, old old professor Christian Mm -hmm. who hasn't wrestled in seven years he's wrestling now but he basically said he in this interview he said they said uh, they asked him what would you give as a lesson to uh, young pro wrestlers today and he says man I I aged quick and I don't think I absorbed everything I don't think I like really felt what I needed to feel when I walked through the curtains I was just doing my job for too many years and you need to absorb that and feel that because it's never gonna that night's never going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that, like, I always try to cling fast to, like, living the moment, make sure you enjoy whatever it is. Who cares? You're at dinner. I'm at, I'm at dinner with Marnie or something, and it's like a, we're going out to dinner on Friday for the first time in 14 fucking months because we're vaccinated. That's, like, the day that mm-hmm. I'm, like, 100%. I'm 36 hours now from, like, 100% yeah. vaccination. And I'm going to enjoy every fucking second. And I'm not going to eat my food too fast. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to I'm going to drink this shot to too that. fast. Cheers, cheers, cheers. cheers. It's funny because we were talking about Prince, but we were talking about Joni Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And one of the other ones that I think of when I think of Joni Mitchell, which is very apropos for this conversation, is don't it always seem to go. But you don't know mm-hmm. what you got till it's gone. I'm, yeah. I hate that the Counting Crows ruined that for me. Yeah, fuck the Counting Crows. That's how <laughs> most people I, know that song. I, birds aren't real. Eat the rich, so. birds aren't real. Fuck and the neither Counting are the Crows. Counting Crows. <laughs> <laughs> except, except the first album, August and Everything After. That's got a special little place. I was in college with that one, and 
There is a there. There was. A, Dude, you're so old. Yeah, I'm super old. Anyway, <laughs> Charles. Hold on, hold on. I just got to jump on this Prince momentum for a second yeah, yeah, and yeah, just yeah. like give a super shout out to the Twin Cities Community Music Trust. Fuck yeah. Which was started by somebody who was a stagehand or stage manager at First Avenue. Yep. Because being a musician and being like somebody who lives gig to gig, you don't have security. And he was in like a bicycle accident Mm -hmm. and his medical bills were insane. And so he started the Twin Cities Community Music Trust to help raise money to support gigging musicians. And this was eventually acquired by First Avenue, hence the Prince connection. But because of this, I was able to get my first COVID shot on Monday. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was going to have to wait forever because like... I'm a healthy 30-year-old. Like, I was just going to wait my turn. And then all of a sudden, somebody posted in this Twin Cities Opera Network group, like, the Twin Cities Community Music Trust and First Avenue partnered with Hy-Vee to make shots available specifically for musicians. And we got a time slot for two days later. Like, my husband and I are both vaccinated. And I was vaccinated underneath the Purple Rain star. And so, you know what we did? We put on Purple Rain in the car. And we just cried on the way home. Because it was, like, a super cathartic experience that Fuck i yeah. did not expect it to I just be wanna, i want to side note real quick that right now production is vastly outstripping demand get vaccinated yep. seriously if you're listening to this like you know anytime in the next few weeks book a book a date yep. man like I get the it. bar like a block from my house uh stanley's mm-hmm. is doing a vaccination clinic mm-hmm. in their parking lot you live by via hyvee yeah oh my God. when, when a, restaurants a are away. like fully a thing again let's get brunch sometime yeah, yeah. Love I'm stanley's brunch. four blocks from here can i build off your story yes please. uh so one of the reasons i work for surly brewing and one of the reasons that i love working for them is they let me come up with insane ideas and sometimes they back them that's something that you need in a work i really I do like it is it is very core to me and um First Avenue, obviously, is a place that that will forever be a chunk of my heart. And when things got really bad, when they didn't know if they were going to get a grant from Save Our Stages, um, we were trying to figure out anything that we could do to raise money. And so for the entire month of January, we had our plus one, the beer that we made with First Ave. And we got to donate directly to the Twin Cities Music Trust. Yes, and we actually talk about that beer in our in our New Year's episode, in I think. New Year's episode, with our, yeah. our fan club president, Abe Popowitz. Shout out Abe yeah. Popowitz. Because that, uh, that was when that was happening. Yeah, it just, I, I love the fact that, that we got to do that. And I love the fact that the grant came through so mm-hmm. a lot more things can happen. But I love that even then, Everybody that was still left working was trying to figure out more ways to continue to raise yeah. money for everybody that was out of work. Well, there's there's the old aphorism, like a rising tide raises all boats or whatever. Aphorism? It's an aphorism. Mm-hmm. Aphorism. I wish I could it is define boats that and everyone for you. says ships. Is yeah. that or a rising tide lifts all ships? Oh, it's boats. It's boats. boats? Thank you. Thank you. It is boats. I feel but like that's, you know, a, a rising tide lifts all flotation vessels. There you go. All <laughs> seagoing craft. But the thing is, it, it only raises them if you are a raising vessel yourself and you pull somebody else onto the tide yep. with you. Oh, and so, yeah. like, thank you, Ben Quam. And, like, thank you, Twin Cities Community Music Trust. Just, like, thank mm-hmm, everybody who's mm-hmm. been supporting everybody through this. Like, the sense of community has been... The silver lining in all of the bullshit. Yeah, and if we don't have a silver lining in this, we've lost. Here in Minnesota, like we've been fucking seeing some shit the last few weeks, and we Tina lives in Brooklyn Center. I live in Crystal. You live in Robbinsdale. 
you live in Northeast. We're like, we mm-hmm. are like right there with Dante Wright protests mm-hmm. yep. and the yes. fucking military occupation of our cities at this moment. And that's horrible and I hate it. And I've written letters to my legislators about it. However, on the bright side, I've also seen community pulling together in a really fucking big way. And it's hey. not enough. And mm-hmm. we know that. But I just want to take a second and say to everybody who's listening that if you have done something, if you have donated, if you have reached out to somebody who needed to be contacted, if you have written to your legislator or called them and left an angry voicemail, thank you. Do it again. 100%. Mm-hmm. It's like we yeah, said with, with Trey last, the last episode. episode yeah. Yep. And it was, you know, the, the timing is haunting, unfortunately, because we were talking, you know, one of my talking points on one of the last questions of what you'd want people to know about your community, whether it's, you know, in Australia where we're ranked 61st for food podcast. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or anywhere else. Uh, obviously, the epicenter is Minneapolis, but what or the Twin Cities. My point was that I wanted people to understand that this is a tight-knit community, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a great sense of community here. It's not a fucking war zone. No, yeah, This fucking, idea no. that, like, when I hear someone from Red Wing, Minnesota or something say, like, well, people are getting out of the cities real quick because they're mm. just uh, throwing Molotov oh, that's cocktails so fucking and stealing cars. Like, Let me tell fuck. you, like, on, I live man. in Brooklyn Center. Yeah. I am on the community boards all the time, and as soon as the Dante Wright stuff started happening people in the community were saying there's a police presence get there and film it yep Mm -hmm. like people were on top of that and then the police started targeting the press yes because why but then would you hold on hold on okay let's not get into like the toxic outrage of this i'm trying to talk about the beautiful side of this which is that my community fucking came together and like there are people who live right next to the precinct who like tear gas is coming in through their doors and windows and they're at home trying to sleep and so people in my community raised money and put those people up in hotels yep. and like really came together in a mm-hmm. big fucking way That's and incredible. I just like really wish that that was the story that was being told but of course it's not the sensationalist nope. like yeah. everything is on fire right. story so yep. of course it doesn't sell yep. you see the darkest corners no yeah. more of them not even only the right darkest corners like the, the vast no. majority of the coverage is looters and rioters and what you're not seeing is that the militarized police are literally going into those apartments, mm-hmm. barking at people to get inside their actual apartments, not just the hallways, threatening them with violence if they don't, and then going out on the lawn and pouring out the milk that they got from the donation center that yep. the community members went yep. and donated yep. to them because they've become a food desert over these last few days. It's fucked. But I also have to give like a super fucking big shout out to one of our community organizers, like one of the loudest community organizers, Alfreda Daniels. Yeah. Who Do you know her? Yep. She had to step down because she's fucking nine months pregnant. Yep. She's like, I'm going to have a baby any day now. So, like, I need to be done. But she's still out there posting all the good stuff and doing awesome. what yep. she can. So, Dude, she's amazing. Anyway. Absolutely amazing. Cheers to Alfreda and uh, the Brooklyn Center community. Didn't we just take a shot? We did. We yeah, have, like, yeah, we're a topic behind. She was like, I'm ready. <laughs> Let's now there's it. whiskey sitting in front of me. Yes. And it's just tempting yep. me. I know so. he's too he's too like forthcoming with the whiskey shots. You gotta you so gotta wait until it's like almost time. <laughs> well, shit! I thought it was to about to. I was like trying to rush through because it's my question. So I was like, pour these. Right. No, you shots, know what? I'm, I'm the person. <laughs> I'm the person who keeps time on our podcast, and I'm like, we have to move forward. So now there we go. I get to be the tangent <laughs> person. Are you having so much fun? I'm having so much. I fun. love tan- <laughs> tangent Tina. Is my favorite Tina. I'm so in on tangent Tina. It's fun because I probably would rather tighten up uh, the overall time signature of our podcast, but I don't control the clock, so we end up having... And again, we we talked about this earlier, it adds to sort of the uh, novelty of what we're doing here, where we're 
We're getting fucking drunk. Every oh, you bar- mean this three-hour okay. episode yeah. you're every about bar- to get out? Episodes. All right, question five. Let's. Can we pause for just a second? Yeah. How many shots are we out from being done? I just need to touch base with my husband. One more. Okay. One, one more after this. Okay, cool. Half an hour? Uh, this is the last <laughs> shot right here. Yep, definitely. Cool. So, okay. <laughs> uh, how has the pandemic changed the way you cook and eat? Uh, like, it could be that you're an Uber Eats fiend, that you cook differently uh, without ready access to grocery trips, uh, eating more or less healthy, or, or something else. I will speak to this for fucking sure. Okay. I've been working from home. I work for Target. Uh, which is, at least on the headquarters side of things, been a really great company to work for throughout all this. Uh, And also job security is at a fucking all-time high. Um, But I've been home, and Mm. I fucking love it. (laughs) And I will never, ever accept a job offer ever again where I have to commute and be in an office for 40 fucking hours a week, dear Jesus. Um, So we're not going back to fall. We will go back at a part-time, like, in-out kind of frame up that they haven't quite determined yet but one of the big things is that we've been so much better about cooking meals at home oh sure we've saved a fuck ton of money as a result huge i can step away and make myself a salad that doesn't cost me nine dollars and is healthy and tastes really good fuck it costs them a dollar to make this i know the (laughs) markup on salads is egregious So, yeah, no, I have been eating well. Okay, I will say that towards the end of 2020, Mama was coping. (laughs) (laughs) We all were. There was some some binge eating. There was some binge drinking. And then we did a hard reset, actually. Me and and Tina on the podcast, we we drink as part of the podcast. That's the deal. Mm. Um, Alcohol? Yes, indeed. Oh, most, of, most of the time. Opera plot, happy Pretty hour. Pretty consistently, it's alcohol. Holla, holla, happy hour. But it was, uh, it was time for a little bit of a reset button. And so we did a dry January, and we got some sponsors. We did uh, Dry Soda Company. We did uh, Curious, Curious Elixirs. Elixirs. Was there one more? Mm. I don't think so. Botanical Bubbly. Yeah. So you so, did dry, uh, dry episodes. Dry episodes. And I also went fully dry for the month. And Ooh, I also cool. did keto for the month Love just it. like strict keto for one month like okay. and my therapist was like you're doing what <laughs> uh yeah you check back in with me every 28 <laughs> days because you're not keeping going with that you crazy bitch you're gonna get an eating disorder <laughs> but um that was a good reset moment and i've mm. come back to just really just being able to like eat when i'm hungry stop when i'm full eat things that are good for me but also not restrict things that i like because i know i'm doing a good job of balancing across the board sure. like being home has just balanced me out man and that's been huge and it also helps that i got my meds adjusted but you know <laughs> teamwork, been teamwork makes whiskey, the dream you guys work. this is whiskey amanda right Love now it. you're just getting on the whole deal <laughs> i don't know if i'm a good person to ask because i had major surgery in august yeah like you've had a fucked last yeah. nine months it was like a super surprise random surgery where like amanda oh, called me when i was in the emergency room and i was like drugged up and ready to go i remember that <laughs> it was bonkers that's like the last thing i remember did we talk um, about that in ben's episode no. No. We talked about that in the New Year's, in the episode, New Year's episode. Yeah. 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 So basically, I lost about half the blood in my body. Whoa. And um, as a kid, I actually had a platelet problem where I had too few platelets and I would bleed too much. So, like, it was a huge concern. And my, yeah. my OB was like, you need to stop eating vegan. You need to start eating meat again. So oh. I started eating meat again. <laughs> Holy oh, shit. Um, I mean, that's a, been... that's a legitimate answer, but w- wow, is wow. that an incredible reason for it? 
Yeah, it's been interesting. It's been, and, and I finally got the okay, like I finally have my red blood cell count built back up to the point where I can start eating vegan again. So we're yes. eating meat like maybe two meals a week to kind of wean ourselves off. That's amazing. I would really like for you to share with me yeah. the recipes you guys, that you're doing I, the rest of the hmm. week because I would love to eat less meat. Hi, I just have you have met a... me? I'm type A. I have an entire Google spreadsheet of recipes. You did send me a handful it when the I went cheat? keto. No, it's oh, just okay. called the recipes cheese. to try and they the are categorized based on if they are like gluten-free and vegan and I like write comments like I modified this because it said coconut oil and I'm allergic to coconut she's allergic to fucking coconut you think that I don't have like I got it's all it's all set it's categorized I got everything this is this is 1056 okay but like Ben we're friends on Facebook please send me your favorite vegan meal done yeah Yeah? Yeah. you want to trade yeah I'm all about I it. I'm going to send you a potato leek soup with yeah. lemon and like cannellini yeah. beans. Vegan oh, so potato funny. leek soup? Yeah. Fuck so yes. I have I have a number of good friends who are vegan. And uh, I have a, a, a former relationship uh, where overnight she just decided that she was going to be vegetarian leaning vegan. But I cooked 99% of the time. So it was just like, surprise, figure it out. And... Um, <laughs> And then you do, and it's fucking delicious. Yeah, well, and that was yeah. that was what I was going to say, is Jenny and I have tried to get back into yeah, more so of that. Day. Yeah, so we've been, doing, uh, we've been doing at least one day a week where it's, like, pescatarian, and then one day a week where it's vegetarian or vegan, and that's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And so trying to figure it out, and then basically once, what we're trying to do is once we start a habit going, then we can spread that to two days. And then you can kind of try and be a little bit more yeah. ethical in what you're consuming. Mm-hmm. And what I love more than anything, and I, I wish I could tell you that it was because I wanted to be more ethical and, and moral about it, but it's the challenge. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I can get into a real comfort zone where I can cook really tasty shit for days if I'm using my wheelhouse. Get Samay's cookbook. Yeah. Yeah, cook Mediterranean and Arab food. Mm-hmm. That's actually the book that started it was a, a Moroccan and North African yeah. cookbook where over half of it doesn't involve any meat at all. And once we started going down that role, then, okay, that's awesome. I don't know that I'll ever go all the way in one direction because mm-hmm. I will always be an omnivore. But I've realized that I've really let my veggie game slip mm-hmm. uh, in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's easy. Yeah. It's because when you go to the supermarket, what are the giant end cap specials in the, the meat department? Well, like, and not only that, but like what were we raised on? Yeah. We were raised on meat and potato and a yep. vegetable. Oh, like, yeah. that's, that's it. I grew up 50-50 because we didn't have much means. And also I'm Lebanese. So like so many dishes yeah. from uh, Mediterranean culture are just, they are actually just vegan. Mm-hmm. Lentils and vegetable stock and garlic and onions Mm -hmm. you know that's like that's a dish that's Mm -hmm. that's a lebanese dish that we would frequently eat with flatbread which doesn't have egg in it or anything this is part of my upbringing and also i think even if you if you know you're like hey i'm an omnivore like i i feel the same way you enjoy the proteins more i think when you can lift them up with great veggies absolutely or have have good or even just have like a good vegan dinner you know eat falafel or something yeah which in its own way is meaty or like mushrooms or something and then the next day you have umami right for sure absolutely and when you have it less often we again taking things for granted like the way we eat meat in this country is egregious and if you can for whatever reason whether it's a challenge or whether it's because you want to do it ethically or whether it's because you feel guilty it doesn't really matter like we should probably be consuming less meat Mm -hmm. and one of the ways we've done that um, and we're not great at it, but we can be we can be better. But like we've we've started to like source 
let's buy a half cow. You know, mm-hmm. like let's go in with some yep. friends and buy a half cow and get it butchered. And it's more per pound, absolutely. But if you know you're paying more per, for, per pound, you know you're getting better quality, and then you're just going to have it less often so that you can make it cost effective. And then that challenges you to up your game in terms of vegetarian and vegan dishes as well. It's just a win all around. Absolutely. Yeah, and having to use every part of the animal and make Mm -hmm. a plan around, you know, this thing died. Like, what are we going to do with all the parts? Mm -hmm. I love that. Actually, I've I've had experiences with farmers where I want to buy like a quarter or a half of a cow, and they're like three eighty per pound hanging weight. And I'm sitting, and I say to them like, "Cool, I want the bones and everything." And they're like, "What the fuck? Nobody does that." I'm like, "Wait, you killed it in your hanging. You're paying. You're charging me hanging weight. Give me everything. I'm gonna. I'm gonna use. (laughs) Yeah, use everything. Also, can I have the the skin and I'll make a blanket Mm -hmm. out of it? Yeah, Yeah, but like, also, you can do that with your vegetables. Like, whenever we chop vegetables, the parts that you don't use, we just we yeah, we throw them in in like a container in our freezer and we just boil down. Mm -hmm. We have vegetable stock, so Mm -hmm. like, there you go. I need to do that more now that I have a chest freezer in my garage. Chest freezer, yeah. Yeah, the problem was like I would fill our freezer with so much stuff. My wife would be like, "Are you fucking kidding?" Like uh, two (laughs) weeks ago, apocalypse. We're ready. (laughs) Two weeks ago, after our podcast, uh, we got back to my place. Like we all went back and smoked a cigar in my yard, and I went inside. And Marnie looked at me, and she was like, "Dude, I opened the freezer door, and a bag of chicken breasts fell out and hit me in the foot." No. And I was like, "Shit." And then after everybody left, like without saying a word, I just went in, like grabbed bags full of stuff and took it out to the chest freezer. Yeah. I just got it, so yeah. I was kind of proud of myself. Also a little ashamed, but I was just like, okay, fine, I'll just move everything outside. Don't be ashamed, Tina. Yeah, uh, how do you? Would you use cream in a recipe? Would I use cream, cream? in a recipe? Yeah. I would substitute it with flax milk. Okay. I'm gonna, so I just I just posted a vegan recipe that I really love, and I'm going to send another one right below what it. What vegan recipe has cream in no, it? No, no, no. Like no, coconut no, cream? Coconut no, milk or something. I, I posted I'm a vegan recipe, coconut, but, but I have a separate coconut. recipe that I really, I really love. Oh, shit. So I yeah, know, right? That's why, the flax. Hence mm-hmm. the flax milk. Yeah. I'm a vegan allergic to coconut. Dude, I don't know what I would do without coconut milk for vegetarian dishes, I swear to God. Yeah. Or vegan mm. dishes. Flax milk. So anyway, yeah, tell me all about this recipe. Wait, where do you so get flax milk? Hold on. Flax milk, I mean, unfortunately, Whole Foods flax? is corporate, but you buy it there. Oh, you can get it at Whole Foods. Okay. Yeah, put it into a blender. You can make flax your own flax milk, milk, but it's it's not as easy as making flax your have own really, almond milk. It's, really little it's really nipples. gelatinous. Sounds yeah. Like my idea of a terrible Saturday. Yeah, right. <laughs> making your own almond hey, milk. I'm like, hey, good for you. Milk. I feel like there's other things you can do with your. It's dying. really <laughs> not that hard to make so your own almond cheaper. milk as somebody it's who does so it on a weekly basis. You yeah, make your own actually, almond milk yes. on a weekly basis. Yes. Who are you? Dude, I'm Tina. Economical. Yeah. What do they put? Like one cashew in the quart of water, and they charge you like nineteen. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, okay. So, like, what is the cost ratio for that? Because, like, it's I insane. get, I get, I guess I don't buy almond it's milk. Nuts. I buy soy milk, but like, it's nuts. Uh. <laughs> Can we Worth go with it. that answer and move on? Because there's like whiskey sitting yeah. in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 Who's answered the question? I don't, even I don't remember what the I question answered. Is. Amanda, no, and I answered the, food the question. One. What? What? Did, yeah, you answered oh, it. Oh, the food. The food thing. Yeah. You talked about it. Yeah. I guess Charles, you're the only one who didn't. Am I the last one? Yeah. What? what? Okay, so for me, I've always been resistant to delivery services for food because I'm that asshole that's like, you know, I I clop the fucking cantaloupe and I tell I'm just going to tell you that that was an amazing sorry, sound on my headphones. That was I gotta, beautiful. You got to clop, clop the melons. Clop it? Yeah, give clop. it a little... 
tap it to see if it's ready to party. Okay. You know? right. okay. And uh, you know, you gotta knock a watermelon. I'm that guy. Like, if I don't the know fish that I've looks ever a little funny, I'm like, let me let me smell the fish. You know, is it sweet or is it funky? Mm-hmm. Like, let me just like put a little pressure on the outside audience, of the avocado. You cannot see the weird ass hand gestures <laughs> right? that Charles yeah. is doing yeah. that could be let synonymous sc- with a lot of other to go along with smell the fish. Hey, fuck off now. That wasn't that. It was literally partly where I find inspiration for for preparing food and meals and stuff is like navigating through a store. I am, I am totally Ooh. that like for me, if I'm, if I'm therapeutically shopping, it's a grocery store. And I will just go bonkers and like the people at whole foods, I know it's corporate, but I, I shop at whole foods a lot. Uh, when I have my it's basket, those, yeah. like, and I roll up, they know me, and they're like, "Good, you grab the basket," because they know that. Then I'm limiting myself. Yeah. If I have a cart, the cart's full. If I have a basket, the basket's full. Mm-hmm. And I just love the experience of like selecting items. So, anyways, major digression. Over the last year, I've had to uh, reassimilate myself to this this concept of somebody else selecting goods for me. Mm-hmm. And it's like the world's worst edition of chopped. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's like chopped whoopsies edition. Where oh, what, sorry. Did you want these lemons to be not dude, rotten? It, it makes no fucking sense. Dude, what, you, that was... what you end up getting it. Like, and it, what's funny is these people are doing, these people are doing very difficult work. Yep. I don't want to Correct. diminish them. And sometimes it's not their fault. Like today, for instance, I ordered a bunch of food delivery and I ordered pork belly and the picture is of like whole pork belly chunks. I ordered two pounds and it showed oh, no. up and it was like, it looked like someone got really mad at a pig and just like <laughs> beat the fuck out of it. It, was, it wasn't even like sliced like bacon. It was just like shreds. The pictures are... I took a picture because I was like, mm, excuse me, sir or missus. Also, the first time I heard him snap about it, it was what because of lemons. Oh, that's, that? that's horrible. What, 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 is, what, do they, what do they do with this no. poor fucking pig? Who's oh going to use that? God. There's no reason to use that. But he was like, did you give me preserved lemons? Like, what the fuck are these? Yeah, you, <laughs> like, like one of four lemons is just completely rotten. Someone like, oh, no. egg up and put What it services are you guys using? I don't... I, I, I won't stop shopping. Or Whole Foods. Right. Well, I have to because of my disabled brother. Uh, so, like, let's I try to get us a sponsor. I use Imperfect Foods, and it's pretty good. I am a, they shit the bed real bad for us. Too. Yeah. But basically, Here's, like either you're missing something or they, they uh, select the wrong product. So if you prepare a meal that requires certain ingredients, mm. it's, again, like mm. bizarro chopped where you think you have, like, here are the nine ingredients. You have these, but, like, seven of them show up. So that simplified uh, my my cooking process. I think that I'm not as creative as I was a year mm. and a half ago because mm. I like to do some real avant-garde bullshit. It's it, not it's, bullshit. It's good. I just I'm I'm a creative person, mm. so I love to you know I'm a creative director, so I want to I want to be creative. But now I've had to like really dumb down the things I want to prepare, which is okay, especially now that I'm eating really healthy. I've lost 25 pounds in the last couple months, mm. two and a half months. Wow. And for our listeners, I did not. Oversimplification I mean, is maybe a good thing, like tailoring. Then I don't have to get like real fucking crazed about like oh this seven course meal with yeah. these ninety three ingredients. But it's been it's been an adjustment, and I'm I am looking forward to being able to do whatever I want when I can walk into the store and like see the monkfish, see the avocado, see the cantaloupe. Mm. Hmm. No, I want all of that. <laughs> I have an instant cart story. That... <gasps> yes. <laughs> Ooh, there's so many. <laughs> oh, man. It was like back in July, and 
we had this random ring on our doorbell because we had just had instant cart delivered and they didn't have like all the ingredients Mm. and then the guy rings the doorbell and he goes um i had some cornish game hen in my trunk is this yours and do you want it and it was like (laughs) it's july randomly (laughs) yes Did you order it? Did you order it? No, we didn't. We were eating vegan. Somebody else is like, it was just in his trunk. Somebody else is here and I got to get rid of it. I think he like got to the end of his deliveries and he was like, um, you want some of this Cornish game? It's the cutest (laughs) poultry. But also it's July and it's been in my trunk. You want it? Oh my God. Dude, Instacart is such a shit show. When I first got like the premium membership, my first order after getting the $100 premium membership, the lady uh, got all my stuff and she drove up to my house and then kept driving. (laughs) She just stole everything and quit. No. Wow. So, yeah. Ow. That's such a baller move. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a fan so, of her. I'm no, a fan of her. No, straight up. Here's the thing. Like, I just, and they knew because they're like, the GPS can see that she never went to your door. What if she just right? like, what if she was about to have diarrhea? And what so she, she just had like, to leave and go have diarrhea somewhere, and then she was too embarrassed to come is, back. Is now a year later. She stole the food. Or what if she <laughs> was super dumb and was like, I'm going to cook the fuck out of this food. I love thing. her. I love that. So it's, it's not like I was about to cook dinner. This was like 9 p.m., right? So I was just like, it, immediately I was like, I told my wife, I hope she needed it more than I did because mm. I don't fucking care. She's not stealing from me. She's stealing from Instacart. Right. But here's the irony is the, the next day, uh, when they had someone do like a replacement order, their system doesn't allow you to say like no to stuff. So the replacements that I told her, there were replacements for that replacement, and all the stuff I wanted was missing because she stole it. That's so I got the most random order ever. <laughs> it's just like a bunch of shit. I and I couldn't stop it. I was just watching it. Like okay, yep, all right, that's, that's so happening. Three hundred dollar grocery order, the, mostly stuff I didn't want. But did you Reverse make shops. something delicious out of it? Certainly. Okay. <laughs> well, there we go. Hey, this is early in the pandemic where I was eating dots pretzels. Like, why am I? Eating? I don't even like this. <laughs> the in the twenty years that I spent in restaurants, the greatest quit story I ever saw was uh, we, we had a. a bar that was really long and so we would like service could come back and like fill sodas and whatever and I looked over and one of my favorite mercutial servers was filling a pint glass with cranberry no ice I'm like what the, who the fuck ordered that somebody like, with Jesus a UTI Christ, right but it's but but see it doesn't actually but it doesn't actually work because that's just that's just red dye number five and flavoring yeah, like that doesn't help with anything <laughs> so she gets get that capsules everybody and she was a bottle of the capsules by your bed yeah she was five three tops and she has to climb but she hops on the back of my bar with this pint glass and she looks over and she grabs a bottle of gray goose and just starts fucking taking pulls and then taking a drink Okey and then taking dokey. pulls. I go, what the fuck are you doing? She goes, quit, quit motherfucker. <laughs> Took another swig, tossed the bottle on the fucking floor because she finished it, chugged the rest of the cranberry juice and walked out with a middle finger in the air. Bye. I was 22 years old and to this day she is still my fucking hero. I was going to say, I have a new hero I, in my I'm life. I'm still friends with her on Facebook. How long did that take? <laughs> no, I was just like, what? How many, how many minutes was she doing that well, for? It was, it was, there was so And nobody apprehended her She's though. Oh no, because I was, I was just I mean, like, that's I was, we were I wouldn't like, apprehend her. I had seven or eight guys <laughs> at the bar. We were all just watching like, uh, Fucking get it. Well, shit, I salute her. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah. Cheers to that bitch. <laughs> to AK. Fucking A. All right, final question. <sighs> what is something niche you're really good at that you deserve more credit for or you wish you got more love for? Can I just say singing opera? Yes. <laughs> you absolutely can, though. I mean, yeah, you can. You, yeah, you can. Answer done. <laughs> Boom. 
Like, I mean, I'm going to guess you don't just, like, bust out in front of, like, friends at a bar or anything. People ask me to on a regular basis, yeah, that's especially really people in my being family. I'm always like, sing for us right now, monkey. Yeah, and oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, you're an architect. Draw like, me a fucking building right come now. Come to one of my shows. Yeah. Pay admission, you bitch. <laughs> yep. yep. Actually, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to follow that up because it's a similar answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, A lot of people that I know now don't know that I'm a death metal vocalist. I just haven't been in bands for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in multiple small-time bands that were critically acclaimed and it was Mm pre-streaming. I have an old iPod that's in my office on Marshall that contains a lot of recordings from my old bands that I occasionally will drunkenly play for somebody. Hell yes, you will. And uh, I and I tried out for some... Note to our listeners, he's still not done this for me, but that's fine. He's going to do it right now. Well, we haven't been... We haven't been... Uh, yeah, we haven't really... In my office you're, right, you're right. You right. know right. what, though? I will sing opera right now if you <gasps> death metal scream no, right now. because that's something... Ooh, that's, both of those things in the acoustics of this room, me and Ben are going to die. I've always <laughs> had uh, apprehension with recording isolated vocals because... It feels so weird to yeah. me to not do it to a I live feel band. I've always been a live, like my preference has always been live performance. That's all I cared about in terms of uh, creating music is I wanted to just play, I wanted to perform live. Mm. The irony is that I mostly recorded the bands <laughs> that I was with is doing recordings and I always fucking hated it. Like the, yeah, the last band I scary. tried out for... It's scary. Yeah, sure. Recording's fucking scary. Yeah. Like when you're when you're performing live, it's like I am giving this experience to somebody else, and right. like and you're this also not act- encapsulating it necessarily either. Yeah, yeah. like that it's, too. It's, it's much more of like an intangible, fleeting thing sure. where it's gone and you can keep going forward. Whereas when you're specifically recording, the whole point is to just cement it, and it's terrifying. yeah. But simultaneously, like live, it's an act of self love that you're Correct. sharing with other people, yeah. and when you're recording, it's an act of self criticism. Yes, yeah. yes, that's legit. Yes, well, to yes, refer yes, back yes. to question number one, like a smash burger, like <laughs> that's that's like art. That's like splashing paint, right? <laughs> and my my style Jackson of music. Paul. It, yeah, it's very it's much. It's the Jackson that. Pollock of hamburgers. But, but record, recording is baking, right? Yeah. Recording is baking. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Having to, be to like isolate those elements it makes mm-hmm. me slightly uncomfortable. The last band that I was in when I tried out for them, it was unusual because they didn't have any. It was like a gent style uh, death metal band, and they had no recorded material, but they had lots of great music written with no vocals, no lyrics, and they were when I went to it was. It was self-deprecating and almost like uh, self-parodying mm-hmm. that when I tried out for them, they were like, just just scream some stuff. And I was like, wow, this is like an insult to the art that I'm like, I'm just screaming nonsense into the mic instead of actual lyrics. Mm-hmm. And I did it for like a half hour because they were like so enamored with what I was doing that they were like, wow, this is great. Let's just keep doing it. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I was just, <laughs> there was nothing. I was yelling nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's like, this, my head, it's cigarose death metal yeah there you <laughs> go that's that's legit in my head the whole time i was like this is i can't believe i'm doing this because this is like silly you know imagine being a singer and this like warbling random nonsense like it doesn't invalidate it like it's it's an acoustical and and like it, it's a sensory experience and like the 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 conglomerate of those sounds and the and the emotional expression that was happening was speaking to people and it's probably going to speak to more people and like 
yes, it felt really weird and foreign, and that's valid. Mm-hmm. But like, don't shit all over yourself for it because it was oh, doing something for Dude, somebody. I didn't, but I just know that like latently in my mind, as I was doing it, I was like, this is fucking stupid. I'd rather be like, I'd rather have like a no cheat of mm-hmm. lyrics and at least pantomime it or find nope. a way to fit it in. They wanted you to type B or type A. I'm a huge I'm a huge stand <laughs> for 1982 to 1999 U2 like the the band. Mm-hmm. And uh my favorite YouTube I've moment my f- amazing. <laughs> uh my favorite that is true. I've met the rock. My favorite moment <laughs> My favorite moment that when I, I worked that, with Oxfam America. Oh, that's before. awesome. I just wanted to grandstand this moment. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually a way cooler way to have met him. I was like, maybe you're signing some shit at Shinders. Let's just do a name. Let's do, we should do a, a lightning round of name dropping. Um, we've both met a lot of people. Quam has met more people than me, but yeah, that's Quam why I got to be like. He doesn't get to participate like, in the lightning know, round. It's, it's, actually, it's bad. Okay, hold on. Real quick digression. At the concert that you two performed at the Target Center when oh. I was working with Oxfam America and stumping for the um, Make the, All that you can't be. Leave behind to her. It was the first time, and I wrote it on my blog that everybody <laughs> rose up their fucking uh, backlit cell phones. Yep, it's the first time I ever saw yep. like the cell phones raised up like fireflies, and I wrote about how like disturbing I found that to be. It was. It <laughs> oh, was. Really? I, I will yeah, agree with people, you. Like wave their cell phones. At me. But and now I love it. The reason I brought that up was my favorite <laughs> Bono lighters, moment you know? is on the documentary for the Unforgettable Fire when they were working on Pride in the Name of Love, which is probably my one of my favorite U2 songs, an incredibly like heartfelt tribute uh, to, to civil rights, to Martin Luther King. Uh, he, he hadn't written the lyrics yet, and in the documentary, it's him scat singing that song, trying to find the notes that he wants to hit, <laughs> and it is absolutely embarrassing, but I love the fact that they put that in there, where, like... The Edge had already recorded, the whole band had already recorded everything. Mm-hmm. And then he's in there and he's trying to like figure it out. And he's like, it's so, it's so awkward. He's doing weird things with his hands. I don't know. Like, I feel like. I think it's beautiful. It is beautiful because this conversation is basically like what comes first, the chicken or the egg? What comes, comes first, the lyrics or the music? And it doesn't fucking matter. No, because what the scat man. Yeah. If you want something along those lines, Ella Fitzgerald, one note samba. Ooh. Forever and always. My wife loves Ella Fitzgerald. I call her Elephant Gerald. Elephant she loves Gerald. that. <laughs> no, Elephant Gerald. Elephant Gerald. Can, I, the next elephant I see, I'm going to call Gerald. <laughs> and I will take a picture with Elephant okay, Gerald. Okay, okay, okay. I have a digression. Um, I love. No. I love. Yeah, I know, right? It's, <laughs> it's just I can also see like your what? type A turning like, oh no, these bitches in their digression. <laughs> no, I don't. You've had so many digressions tonight. You're loving this shit. I'm so. Type, I'm no, 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 no. Your digressions, that's Tangentina. Love it. Totally okay, different. Fair, totally fair. different. Tangentina. We need an okay, alliteration. We're gonna make. We need an alliteration, <laughs> but I'll take it. Um, so we're talking about <laughs> puns for ele- elephant, elephants, Gerald. Elephants, Gerald, um, yeah. I worked with a guy. I worked with a guy at Travail Kitchen and Amusements. Uh, that's not important. I worked with a guy, and he has two cats. Cool. Wait, who is this? I know most of the people there. Me too. I'll tell you after I tell the story because okay. I don't want to ruin the punchline. So he has two cats. <laughs> okay. One of their names is Claude Monet. C L A W E D. Yes. The next cat's name. Is Stephen J. Meowking. <laughs> <laughs> and he also has a like two third scale plaster panther in his house. As you do. 
Who <laughs> can get mad at that? And the panther's name. <laughs> okay. The panther's name is Susan B. Panthony. <laughs> All right. ah! Fuck it, I'm done. That's too fucking good. Oh, shit. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Susan B. Panthony is his favorite. Oh, my God. All right, who is it? Dirk. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Uh, uh, Dick Dunham. Yeah, Dick Dunham, Dick Dunham is the great. Oh. Shout out to fucking, god damn it, one god of the damn, most amazing so weird funny. dudes he's I've ever met. He's such a cool guy. Such a cool guy. Oh. Also, cool that's, that's dad worthy. I know. Dad-worthy. We've never so brought good. this up, but do you know shit. that that's, that's the first time I met you? Really? Yeah. I was working on an event with Travail and that was like it was right when you had started your event planning we ended up we ended up we had two meetings and I had never yeah I had never put it together I went in because I was talking to um uh, okay because like quick pause backstory the reason I know Ben is because my sister's husband is best friends with Ben yeah otherwise I would not know you except for the fact that apparently I met you well before this but just so you know I didn't remember that it was. I, I too do not remember. It was. Um, it, I was talking to Abe and, and Nicole one night, and she was referencing when you were doing event planning, mm-hmm. and it was for the the lakefront party thing, and yeah. we ended up chatting, and it it, it didn't register with me, yeah. and then as soon as she said something about you being there, I immediately snapped back to it. I'm like, holy fuck. Oh my we god. sat and talked. How long have you been sitting on this information? Uh, like three weeks. Oh my god, you bastard! Like it literally just hit, but I knew you guys, you two, were coming on here. <laughs> and also, apologies. That's the second time I've said you guys. Uh, but oh, I knew I'm that, not offended. That's fine. That's okay. But, but the two, of, the two of you, I knew you guys. Again, three. Uh, I knew that both of you were coming on the show, and I, I, I just kept sitting on it, and I remembered it was, um, it was in what's now the Pig Ate My Pizza space. Yep. Uh, because when we were sitting down and talking, I looked up and Jenny and I's names were on, on the garage doors directly yeah. above us. And I took a picture of that. But uh, that, was, wow. that was the first time that I met you. And it didn't register, like, not, not at their wedding, I, none of that. To be perfectly honest, I have absolutely no recollection of this. That was a whirlwind of yeah. a moment for me. It was right after I had started with Ben Paddle. So, okay. I mean, this is, I think, four or five years ago. And I don't want to sound precious, but you're definitely not the only beer rep that I talked to. Correct. I'm, I'm also well aware of that. Uh, did you just say Bent Paddle, though? I did. Yeah. I love Bent Paddle. I, I do, went too. to school in Duluth. My whole family is from Duluth Superior. Like, Bent Paddle. Bent I fucking will, Paddle. I will be there at 8.30 tomorrow morning. Really? <laughs> when you're listening to this, folks, I am in Duluth currently. Good God. <laughs> oh, man. Are they ever going to do that coffee Madagascar vanilla thing ever again? Because that was amazing. Yes. I will just say yes. They're... Uh, the world has gone sideways in the last couple of years, but it's coming back around again. And I, I honestly, I don't think uh, I've, I've ever left a job that I loved more than that job. And I'd, I still, to this day, love every single human I worked with. I've actually sung opera in the Bent Paddle Tap Room. God damn it. That's amazing. <laughs> so I was also going to say that uh, I am a much better singer than people assume, but I feel like we've I got... I assume that we've you're got, a pretty good singer. But hold on. Ready, set, people, do it. People in my normal life. Hold on. Said, do it. But I will say that uh, since we've already done two singings, then I will say uh, because of all my years in a bar, I am incredibly good at throwing things from a long range into a trash can. <laughs> and I take a weird amount of pride in that. That's fair. It, I, I don't know why. And I've never like it's not something you can brag about, but I will literally ball up a napkin and from like 25 feet out. 
I'll toss, and it'll hit most of the time. And I feel like a personal, like, fuck yeah, I did that. How dumb is that? There's no reason know. to be proud okay, of that. So here's, here's a question why I want to know why you're proud of it. Were you sportsy? Not really. Okay, that's why. I was a theater kid, and when we were in rehearsals, if you caught something, if somebody tossed you something and you caught it, everybody would stop what they were doing and clap for you. See, I don't, for me, what it is is I'm amazed at the it's, – it's the little things that we do subconsciously as humans – where I'm fascinated that, like, I can do that. I can whistle a tune in key, and I've never once, like, practiced whistling. Like, it's little, it's little things that we I mean, do as you humans. you, of course, did when you were a child, and then you figured out the, the mouth feel. I, I don't... I mean, but it, you don't have to remember it's it. Sorry to take this over, but I'm actually quite curious about Bonus whether time. you have really good relative pitch, because, like, when you, when you said that Prince story about that chord, and you knew exactly what was going to happen... I think because you are an avid music listener, you probably have really good relative pitch. That's, and you can listen yeah. to a chord and it will probably that's, remind you of any random that song. That is 100% right. And that's why I was a DJ for 20 years. That I am, I am a savant when it comes to music stuff, but everyone in my life has been beaten over the head for years having to hear me talk about that. <laughs> so I feel like that I can't really, I, I couldn't answer that and way. And now all but you listeners get to hear it. That's absolutely, that's a thing. <laughs> Like, it's, it's frightening the amount of things that I've chosen for my brain not to remember so that I could have the, like, anthemic library that I do of music. Like, mm-hmm. there, are, there are theorems from, like, advanced math that I just immediately threw away because I needed to remember the difference in recording techniques for four different drums on four sequential albums. I can talk about that at length, but no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, have, I have a group of friends that still laugh about this story. Uh, we talked our way into, uh, at the time, it was a beautiful new nightclub in Vegas on the rooftop of uh, the Mandalay Bay called Mix with two X's because they're mm-hmm, edgy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And edgy. Uh, we finally got all the way up there. We talked our way in and there was, like, it was all of the great things going on. And one of the speakers had a blown tweeter. And they looked at everybody. They had a, they had a, a what? A blown like the high end was um, was crackling on one speaker in the far corner. Oh, okay. And I, yep, I'm trying. I'm sorry. I, For a second there, you were speaking Japanese. Go on. Sorry. Uh, the so it's, you have the sub, the mid, and then the tweeter mm-hmm, does mm-hmm, the high end. Mm-hmm. It was crackling, and I looked at everybody as we had just gotten our first cocktails, and I said, "I'm sorry, you guys. I have to leave." And they're like, "What?" I'm like. I'm going to fucking lose it. My yep. eyes are already watering. I slammed my cocktail and I went back downstairs and I just sat at the casino bar for three hours until my friends came back down. I'm impressed at your restraint. I would have expected that you would have gone backstage and been like, let me fix this for you. You can't. It's a flown speaker. If, if, if it was, if it was on the ground and I thought I could, I could recone a speaker in literally about three or four minutes. I would expect that. Uh, as long as I have a power drill, I can 100% do that. But if it's up there and they don't care, I, I can't. And my, my poor fucking wife has had to deal with me a couple of different times to be like, honey, we can't stay here. The mm-hmm. Audio quality is not good. If there's crackles, if there's, uh, if there's static, I'm going to lose it. It's, it. That's my version of your mesothelioma. No. What's the fuck? 
<laughs> mesothelioma. That's the one that you get like. Mesophonia. <laughs> Mesophilia. That's, that's my Isn't version that of like, your asbestos in the lungs. Isn't that something like you get when you've got a mesh implant in your urethra or something? Yeah, it's like a commercial for some yeah. people. I definitely a, only heard that word on like late night TV commercials. Yeah. Okay, you guys are all holding Misophonia. your shots, there but we I go. haven't answered this question yet. You guys are all holding your shots, but I haven't answered this What is the fucking bonus. question at this? The question was, what do you do yeah, what are you that good nobody at? gives you credit yeah. for? Um, I feel like I get credit for the things that I'm good at, but the only thing that I can think of that I'm particularly good at that nobody gets to see me do is um, read children's stories with awesome voices. <gasps> oh my god! Oh my god! But can you it. hold on? Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Do hold a on. good so voice. In, in my freshman year of college, my roommates mom and dad would call us and literally read us bedtime stories what that and is the amazing. shit and you can like totally make money doing this because oh i guarantee you there are college freshmen oh who want to hear bedtime stories as a service i love monetizing shit i'm already good at you're about to be rich um, and i will take 15 percent royalties so That's generous. one of my favorites right now is okay mo willems there's no reason that anybody listening to this would know this unless Mo they have a kid. Willems. But Mo Willems is a Sesame Street guy, and he also is an illustrator and writer. I don't know what he does on Sesame Street. Regardless, he's got a series of books about a pigeon. <laughs> and there's, like, the pigeon drives the bus, and the pigeon finds a hot dog, and the pigeon <laughs> wants a cookie or something like that. And there's these books have birds two characters. Real, okay. What's that? <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Birds aren't real. Is that the title I mean, of this birds episode? Are not real. It's true. And, in, and these birds are fictional because they can talk. And this is what they sound like. There's a bunch of dinosaurs yeah. that call pigeon. themselves pigeons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a pigeon and there's a duckling. My favorite is the cookie one. So you open the book and this little itty bitty duckling with these huge eyes walks in and goes, Can I have a cookie, please? And then a cookie comes down and they say, Oh, look at all those nuts. And then a pigeon walks in and goes, is that a cookie? Why did you get a cookie? I ask for things all the time. I ask to drive the bus. I ask for a hot dog. I ask for a hot dog party now and again. I love you but so much. But do I get what I ask for? No. The oh, pigeon's yeah. from Jersey. Yeah. I'm the ultimate <laughs> pigeon in pigeon. town. And the duckling. Also fictional. Yes. I was going to ask, are birds real in Jersey? Jersey's not real, so. <laughs> Highly questionable. And, the, and ultimately what happens is that the pigeon asks, why do you get a cookie? And the duckling says, so I could give it to you. And the oh. pigeon goes, I know, and the pigeon goes, and another thing. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, this is amazing. And the, I know, and the duckling goes, it's for you. And the pigeon says, is so nice of you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> one great duckling. And he walks off, and the duckling looks up to the fictional god character that handed down the cookie in the first place and says, oh, They gotta be god cookies, don't they? Could I get another cookie, please? And this time, no nuts. <laughs> 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 Holy shit, that's amazing. <laughs> Listen, if you ever need a weird, bassy, voicey guy to do anything I'll else, call you let up. me know. I'm I'll, there. Juniper will wait. I'll Pipe be like, hang on, June. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta call Ben. I can do, or, or I can do the intro for like, in a world where a duck wants a cookie. <laughs> movie I'm going to utilize this. Every time I do bedtime with Juniper Joan Carlson, I'm going to utilize this. And she'll love oh. it. And here's a fun story about Juniper Joan Carlson and Ben Quam. Uh, JJC. JJC. Once upon a time, not too long ago, uh, Ben brought over a splitter. 
because uh, we were doing an episode where we needed a splitter. Very generously. Love you, Ben Quam. Thank you very much. Love you too. And he popped over and was just in my kitchen. Ben Quam is a very, very tall human. Not small. Not small human. Large man, yeah. Gen- generally large, particularly tall. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, large and Juniper Joan is, as most four-year-olds are, not large. <laughs> so she's yeah, sitting not, eating not, dinner. Not Quam size. Yep, not yeah. definitely not Quam size. No. So me and Ben are talking and whatever, and he's only met her one other time when she was a literal baby. So there was one of those, oh, I knew you when I were a baby, and she just stares at him blankly moments because that's what <laughs> happens. <laughs> and then he, he left, <laughs> and I said, oh, my God gosh, Juniper, wasn't Ben so tall? And she goes, yeah. And I said, he was way taller than you. And she goes, yeah, but mom, I'm four and he's 60. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) I'm the oldest. (laughs) Now, to be fair, I think this is based on the logic that people continue to get taller as they age. (laughs) And I will not pop that bubble absolutely <laughs> that is 100 percent juniper that is 100 percent what we do well bonus shot thank you so much thank you to both of you for being here what a delight this was a pleasure oh my goodness yes cheers so because people are obviously going to be completely enamored with both of you uh how do they find the podcast how do they find you on social medias where do they go yeah yeah so you can check out us you can send us an email first of all at operaplothappyhour at gmail.com and please do you can also check us out on facebook instagram and now twitter yes twitter yes. at operaplothappy on twitter um and yeah send us an email right now the only person who send us emails sends us emails is our super fan and her name is savannah dillard and she's lovely hi savannah um but you can subscribe to the show on stitcher spotify google play and apple podcasts and you can also check us out on the web's Website, excuse me. Oh my God, whiskey. Hi. Um, hello. Hello. Seven Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. So, Charles, uh, where do people find you? Uh, you can find me fully vaccinated in the streets. I just want to encourage people to go get vaccinated. Yeah, do it. In the streets. Go get vaccinated. <laughs> it's so nice to hug people. Just walk outside and he's going to be there. I'll just be awkwardly spinning over a sewer plate with. Gas is pouring out of it. Beautiful. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, again, just want to remind everybody to, to uh, do everything that they can to help their fellow people out. There are no more of them. There is only us. Uh, please give us a review if you like what we're doing. Please keep listening. If you want to harass me on the internets, uh, look up Kwamunist or The Kwamunist. Or Dot Either way. Quam. Or Dot Quam. Uh, but thank you again for listening and... Uh, yeah, play some fucking Prince and turn it the fuck up. Also, right. I'm serious about that opera, you guys. It's fucking dope. Let's like, do it. I don't care what genre is your genre. You need to listen to Proving Up by Missy Mazzoli and do it when you're just wanting to zen out. It's fucking cool. And Boom. pasta and drink martinis. Well, you know. All the pastas, all the martinis, whiskey on the side. Fuck yeah, we love you guys. <laughs> <laughs>